good night to brew some beer. Oh yeah, brewing day. And welcome back, everyone. It is episode 84 of Thirst and Goal. We are coming on the podcast just after brewing our third beer, Ben. Our fifth round. What is it? It's a... An American American... Cream Ale, Ben. Uh, My inspiration for this one, when I was searching for our newest beer, was that one that you talked about. That was one of your classics from your childhood. Genesee cream <laughs> ale in the green bottle with the very simple label. Yeah, I actually I looked from it up upstate on upstate New York Google, and it is a very generic looking oh, label, yeah. almost like that Dale's Pale Ale that we tried a few weeks back. It's almost that same sort of label where it's just the name. Yeah, and the that's, that's Dale's it. was good. The Dale's was good. No, the Dale's it was good. I mean, you, you can't judge a beer off of its packaging. We tried that Chinese one, which had amazing packaging. But the beer was a little lacking. Oh, yeah. And the Turkish one, too. The Turkish had really yeah, nice was, packaging, but the nice. beer was it, not It was pretty crappy. Quite, it was not, it was you not would hope for. good at all. But, Ben, how was your week this week? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. It was another long week uh, this week. It would cool down a little bit here in Southern California, so that was nice. Uh, it was a long week at the office. We have a sick puppy, a literal sick puppy in the house, or sick dog in the house. So that was a little bit of a, a project trying to get our sick dog to the vet and sitting at the uh, the emergency vet for many, many hours. Uh, but we hope that she'll be feeling better soon. How about you, Franny? Uh, it was a good week, Ben. I was actually looking forward uh, to this weekend because I knew we haven't brewed a beer in such a long time. Um, I think the last time we did it was maybe October of last, uh, last year, year uh, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we just weren't able to do it, you know, in the last few months. Uh, I've been working a lot of Saturdays also recently. And so uh, I figured this was my first Saturday off in almost a month. And uh, this would be the perfect time. And like you said, Ben, it did cool off a little bit. It wasn't in the hundreds uh, today. It was about, you know, 90 yeah. degrees. But I came over a little bit later. There was shade. And it's always so much fun to brew a beer, more people should, you know, get together and just, you know, you know, put together five gallons of beer and just pass it out to all your friends and share it to everybody. And uh, it's, I mean, it's it, the ones that we've brewed so far. The IPA was amazing. Oh, the that Hefeweizen, was for the first for the first attempt, no less. Yeah, I know. And then the Hefeweizen also uh, was good, not as good as the IPA. Me and you are more uh, IPA fans than Hefeweizen fans, but we're just trying to brew different styles of beer trying to learn the craft and uh you know we're, we're leading up to our own beer so this is our fifth round ipa it's our third beer overall by the time we get to our first round uh beer it's gonna be our own um style yeah a little piney a little bitter a little hoppy. citrusy a little hoppy <laughs> we'll see uh, but yeah i mean happens. we i can't i can't speak highly enough of it uh definitely recommend it i mean you get the smell of the grain the smell of mm. the wart after that the smell of the hops uh, as it's boiling and the beautiful, beautiful bubbles oh, that yeah. you get a couple days later as it begins to, the, you know, the ferment fermentation process. Uh, but it's really a lot of fun. Bottling it is a lot of fun. You can pick your own bottles. You can or labels. You make your yeah. own labels. I mean, there, there are different websites that you can go to that actually have labels. I mean, if if you have a program, I mean, I know like on maybe even 
there's some Microsoft ones, maybe on yep. like, uh, I don't know, publisher or something. You can make your own labels, you know, buy your own paper with little stickers on it, make your own. Uh, we usually order it, but we use our own images uh, in our own name, obviously. So it's a lot of fun. You just, you know, you, you, it's, you create your own beer, you create your own bottle, and it's just a lot of fun. And a lot of people... You know, when you say you brewed your own beer, they're like, oh, that's very interesting. I want to have some. You pass it out to your friends, you know, relatives. And five gallons is a lot of beer, actually. I mean, that's probably about 45 bottles or so yeah. of the 12 ounce. Actually, we use the 18 ounce somewhat. So you might get some more uh, 12 ounce bottles if you're just using 12 ounce bottles. But uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know that all of the people that you tell are skeptical <laughs> until they mm-hmm. actually taste it. Uh, they're like, oh, they have that look of doubt on their yeah. face. Like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to try one. And, you know, it turns out if you really are careful and you keep, as Franny always does, the cleanliness and the, the sanitary conditions at a maximum, and you make sure that all your implements and all the packaging is is clean and sanitary, uh, it comes out really really well mm. and i'm really excited about this one that's the most important part of the beer making process is keeping everything clean because if anything is dirty you basically lose a whole batch yeah of beer and so, we highly recommend it yeah, absolutely. definitely absolutely so that'll take about a month uh before it's ready to go and we'll definitely give you our review of our fifth round american pale ale in the coming weeks yeah, and we should probably always remember to have a few on hand for the podcast. Uh, they're sort of stuffed in a dark, yeah, cool corner of the house. So we don't always remember to put them out or bring them out to drink on the podcast. And speaking of which, Ronnie, mm-hmm. what are you drinking over there tonight? Uh, tonight, Ben, I'm I'm continuing to drink the Basil Hayden's Dark Rye. I uh, had a little bit of ginger ale with it earlier. Right now I have the club soda. We were kind of pre-gaming while we were brewing. Um, but it is... Uh, it's down to almost the last portion of the bottle there, so I'm about to kill this one off. What about you, Ben? I am drinking a beautiful, beautiful gin that Frane was able to pick me up today from the south of France. Uh, it's called the Citadel Gin de France. It's a beautiful summer gin with a, a great, a large amount of botanicals in addition, in addition to the pronounced uh, juniper flavor that comes through. It's a beautiful, beautiful summer gin. Uh, I can't say enough about this one. It was highly rated. Uh, Frane picked it up. It's a southwest of France where juniper grows wild. And it is a really, really good gin. It's 44%, so it's uh, it's 88 proof. It's a really nice gin. Uh, we've tried the Copper and Kings, or I've tried the Copper and Kings, as well as the Aviation Gin and the Opier and some others. This is right up there with the Opier. Uh, this has much more fruity notes, and the opier had more of a cinnamon spice, sort of a nutmeg, uh, more of a wintry uh, spice to it. This one has a beautiful, beautiful array of botanicals in here, a melange of botanicals, and it's really, really good. Friday, what are we going to talk about tonight? Tonight, Ben, on the big board, we have our NFL news. We also have a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. We also have a promo for one of our fellow podcasters, fellow football podcasters. We also have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news. Ben Steelers, my Eagles, Sonya's Seahawks. We also have our feel good story. Ben always finds he scours the internet for these stories, and he's found one for tonight as well. It's been about 30 weeks now. You've, you've found a lot of these, Ben. 
A lot of good people in the NFL. There are. We just don't hear about them. Yeah, exactly. Except on the podcast. Yes. And we also have our shot of the week, which looks very delicious. It is, uh, it's a summer-inspired shot uh, from Tipsy Bartender. Once again, they have some great drinks on there. And it is a vodka mango shot. We also have our brown. Oh, what's our around beverage. the rim of that Oh, it glass. is the tahine, Ben. You love tahine on the rim. You love that little bit of spice that and you get with the, the, the chalula. So Ooh. even more spice right there, Ben. And we also have our beverage of the week, which is a 10-year-old bullet bourbon. Um, you know, it's a popular bourbon. It's very common. Not the 10-year as much as the regular. I don't know. It's, it's like an orange label yeah. on the regular one. They also have a, a, a green one for the rye. From haven't Kentucky. tried those, uh, but this one I'm excited to try. Ben, you as well. You're, you're really coming around to the Browns. You have oh, been. yeah. And we also have our beer of the night, which is a local beer, and I don't have it on the table right now. The Claremont Craft Ales Claremont IPA. From, there it is. I think it's from probably from Claremont, California. I'm, I'm guessing. But uh, yeah, I mean, C- Claremont Craft Ales is the name of the company. And then we also have our housekeeping to finish up the show. All right, Franny, what's first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben, as usual. We have our NFL news. Oh, I love the NFL news. Can you believe that we sit here in August, right in the middle of what is an attempted training camp, and we still have news every single week? Uh, First up, we have George Kittle's contract talks. John Lynch's optimism about getting George Kittle's deal done wasn't so rosy after all. NFL Network's Mike Silver reported on Friday, that inside training camp live or on inside training camp live that a gap remains between the all pro tight end and the Niners noting that Kittle doesn't want to be considered a tight end in terms of his contract. Uh, there remains a pretty significant disconnect philosophically between the 49ers and George Kittle's camp. The 49ers believe they want to reset the tight end market to give him a great tight end deal. And Kittle is kind of saying, I think I'm more than just a tight end. It's been a really flat market at that position. Jimmy Graham was kind of the standard off his 2014 horrible deal uh, that he was given. That was a terrible deal. I think it was the Saints. I can't remember if it was the Saints that gave him that deal. It was the Seahawks. Or the Seahawks that gave him that deal. Oh, the Seahawks gave him Mm -hmm. that deal. And then he ended up shipped out to Green Bay. Austin Hooper eclipsed that by a little bit this past March in free agency. But if you look at him as a tight end, yeah, George Kittle can reset the market. But George Kittle who was just voted the seventh best player in the league by his peers and, in Silver's opinion, earned that distinction, is thinking, I don't want to be called a tight end for the purposes of these negotiations. Uh, The tight end market has been stagnant for years. Austin Hooper signed the largest long-term deal, as we mentioned, this offseason earning 10.5 mil per year on a four-year deal. The franchise tag Hunter Henry, slated to make 10.67 million, sits atop at the tight end market as we speak. Thanks in part to Rob Gronkowski taking team-friendly friendly deals in New England. In the previous years, the top of the tight ends market hasn't progressed as the salary cap has increased. From Kittle's perspective, you could see why he and his camp think basing his contract off the tight end market is preposterous. The number seven player on NFL's top 100 players of 2020 list is far more than a tight end. He's the 49ers top target, a yak machine, a bulldozing blocker, and a team leader, and he generates 1.21 gigawatts of energy (laughs) for San Francisco. I'm not sure what that means exactly, uh, but Lynch mentioned, or John Lynch mentioned earlier, uh, last week that the economic proposal between the NFL and the NFLPA on how to handle the COVID-19 pandemic has mostly been finalized. He was more hopeful the sides could work out a deal. And it was this, this Kittle deal will be a tricky 
contract. Kittle is only set to earn $2.13 million in 2020 if the sides can't bridge the gap. Franny, what do you think about George Kittle wanting to recast himself as some hybrid blocker, yak machine, tight end, you yeah. know, hybrid where yeah. he, I, so essentially, I think what he's asking for is somewhere in the $15 million range. What say you? He deserves it. He really does deserve it. I mean, he is, he's a very versatile player. I mean, he does play tight end, but he's basically their receiver uh, out on the offense. I mean, I mean, if you look at his stats uh, in 2017, not the best year, but 43 receptions, 515 yards, two touchdowns, but in 2018, 88 receptions, 1,377 yards and five touchdowns. And then this past season, 85 receptions, 1,053 yards. So, I mean, he's above a thousand yards the last two seasons. And, you know, if you look at the NFL and the way tight ends are used, the way they're utilized, I mean, they're basically blocking wide receivers. And, uh, you know, you look at the best wide receiver or the best tight ends in the league, Kelsey, Ertz, him, you know, obviously we don't know what we're going to expect from Gronk this season as well. But these guys do deserve larger contracts now in this day and age than they did, you know, maybe about 20 years ago. But they're becoming more utilized and more important to every single offense in the league. And a lot of play, a lot of teams are going out and getting multiple tight ends. And uh, he's an excellent player. Um, you know, he has a lot of memorable catches and yak uh, this year. Oh, I mean, for sure. that yards after a catch. I mean, he's a strong guy. He's a big guy. He just breaks out of those tackles. He just punks these uh, uh, cornerbacks out there. And, uh, you know, I, I think he does deserve somewhere around $15 million and, and they can afford it because they're not play, They're not paying uh, Jimmy G that much money yeah, right now. True. And they shouldn't expect to pay Jimmy G that much in the future. He does no. he's no Dak Prescott. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I tend to agree. I mean, I think the market has to be reset a little bit for the tight ends, not necessarily because they deserve more money. Uh, the George Kittles and the Travis Kelseys of the world. It's because teams overpay for wide receiver talent for that, you know, that same type of yardage, that same type of production without the added benefit of the blocking and the ability to get in really tight formations with two tight ends and one back or two tight ends and two backs in some circumstances, but two tight, two tight ends on a field with a back. A lot of teams are playing that formation. The Patriots started doing it heavy, heavy, heavy under Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And I tend to agree that given his production, he deserves more money. I wouldn't say it's due to him playing some unique position or that he's remaking the tight end position. I wouldn't go that far, but I would say that because teams are so willing to overpay for wide receivers like Amari Cooper, who is essentially a one hit machine mm-hmm. and a hundred million dollars. And he was, he didn't, I don't think he had over a thousand yards no. this year. I think it was around 800, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, and somewhere around there. And he's not up there with DeAndre Hopkins or no. Michael Thomas or Julio Jones. So because teams are so willing to overpay for receivers who have a very, very defined skill set, a very, very finite skill set, I would say I agree with Franny that he deserves more money, but because of who he is and how he plays the position, not because he's crafted some new position that the NFL has never seen before. Uh, and Franny makes a really good point in terms of the, the number of teams that are playing these double tight end sets. I think he deserves it, but because of the player that he is, not because he's particularly unique. He's just better at what he does than most other, you know, every other well, tight I mean, end in the league, you know, but for Tronkowski at his 
at his best. Peak. You know, I mean, and and, and he he's definitely top three. He's he's up there with Kelsey. He's up there with Ertz. I mean, he 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 might even be number one in the league for what he does for that team. Um, so when he's looking for the new contract, I mean, I know it's it's tough to pay a tight end that much money, but I think you have to pay this tight end that much money. Yeah, I agree because of who he is. I mean, I would pay George Kittle. I mean, who's the twenty million dollars a year before I would pay Amari Cooper I mean, fifteen million? Who's the a tight year? end in uh, in Pittsburgh right now? Uh, we have no tight end in <laughs> Pittsburgh right now. We have a couple draft picks. I couldn't even tell Which you. Which is why you didn't yeah. make the playoffs, Ben. No, maybe yeah, not. Yeah, I but. can't remember. We have, we, you know, we got rid of, we, we, have, we had a couple high high draft picks that went south. I can't remember his name. But right now, as I, as I sit here today, I, I couldn't tell you. Jesse James went the way of the Dodo Bird. Mm. And I know we have at least one one draft pick and a draft pick from last year. Uh, I think we signed a free agent, but we we definitely don't play the wide receiver or the the tight end position the way most teams do. Mm-hmm. We're much more wide receiver heavy, and and uh, with Ben Roethlisberger as the quarterback, we don't play a lot of but not not a lot of two tight end sets, especially since Heath Miller retired. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Eagles love doing that. Yeah, we have I mean, really I think good it's, tight ends. Yeah, but I think it's a great. I mean, if you, I mean Zach Ertz, another guy, you know, you want to pay a little bit more I mean, money. Dallas, Dallas Goddard, Goddard. I mean, he might. I you know. I, the type of player that he is, I mean, this is kind of going off topic, but you know, the type of player that he is, you know, he might he might not be with the Eagles that long once it comes to uh, to contract talks because you know he's up there and a lot of teams are looking for these types of players uh, right now. I mean, we saw how much um, you know the Seahawks suffered this season after losing. I forgot who it was early in the season. They got stuck with Hollister, and Hollister just didn't perform uh, to those levels. And you know, once you lose your top tight end for some offenses, it's just yeah. Hard. Yeah. I mean, a, a real question is how long can George Kittle, much like Rob Gronkowski, how long can he continue to take well, that mean, kind of beating? Rob Gronkowski, a long time. Yeah. I mean, eight years, probably six really good you years. You just have to retire for a year and then yeah. come back to a different team. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with Kittle. Um, but, you know, like you said, it's a, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot on their bodies, but, you know, is the way he's been playing, he's still fairly young. I think he still has at least five more years left in him. I hope so. Yeah, on the t- I forgot we picked up Eric Ebron from Detroit. Oh, yeah, that's right. In free agency this year, we have Vance McDonald, who probably is not going to make the roster because he just he never materialized. We also have Zach Gentry, who's our draft pick, Dax Raymond, and Kevin Rader. Uh, but if Ebron can play at a higher level than he played in Detroit with a better offensive line. You know, we have some hope at the tight end position in Pittsburgh, but I tend to agree. George Kittle deserves more money, but not because he's, uh, you know, after 100 plus years in the NFL that he's created some new position for himself. That is not the case. Franny, can I Says move ben. on? Do you have anything else to say or can I move uh, on? You know what, Ben? I'll, I'll allow you All to right. move on. We're this moving time. on. Oh, my God. Do you smell <laughs> oh, what dude. the XFL uh, is cooking? That's really loud yeah, in my that, headphones. Do you smell what the XFL is cooking? Dwayne The Rock Johnson, along with his ex-wife and business partner Danny Garcia oh, that's, that's and awkward. private investment firm Redbird Capital, bought the XFL this week. The deal was worth $15 million, which is less than just the equipment and the and the the electronics that the XFL had to buy last year, uh, according to Sportico. Uh, no, this is not a subplot from HBO's Ballers, as much as it might sound like one. Just hours before the league was set to go to auction, Dwayne The Rock Johnson bought the XFL for fifteen million for less than one uh, Kittle. <laughs> 
Less than one George Kittle. He got the entire league. Johnson played football. <laughs> for the, one season. Yeah, for one season. Uh, Johnson played football, as we all know, at the University of Miami before his career in the WWE. E and his later WWE. Well, we did dress up as as two very American people from. It looks like the eighties, from the eighties, almost. When we brewed our beer, it was very appropriate for the style of beer. And you know what? I might start rocking a mullet. I looked pretty good. Yeah, I think we. Yeah, I like the feeling of it on my neck. Yeah, I like I like the feeling of hair on my neck. Sweat on the back of your neck. Back to the eighties. Uh, so before his ascendance to superstardom in a statement, Johnson expresses excitement to bring his love of football to the upstart league. Uh, the second iteration of the XFL was announced in 2008 by Vince McMahon after getting off to a promising start no. last February. The league was forced to close just five weeks into its season due to COVID-19. A month later, the league suspended operations and laid off the majority of their workforce. And they're, I think they're still fighting uh, with Oliver Luck or they were still fighting with Oliver Luck. The league was set to go to auction on Monday, but instead Johnson, Garcia, and Redbird Capital swooped in with their own deal. It's unclear how the trio will use their new asset, but given Johnson's success as a producer, it looks like the XFL will get a third life at some point in the near future. Franny, what say you about <laughs> someone who knows football running the XFL finally? Ah, uh, yeah, but and it's who the knows XFL though? I mean, I mean, they, fi- I mean, like fifteen you said, million, like you said, you I mean, just sell off the assets. I know, seriously, I mean, fifteen million is really nothing to buy a whole league. I mean, yeah, I mean, just the equipment, the helmets, the stuff. The Cowboys are worth how many billions of yeah. dollars just to buy one team? Yeah. And the XFL, $15 million just to buy the league? I mean, that, that that's a really low price. I mean, it's, 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 it's a great price for The Rock, but he's probably going to lose that $15 million because I just don't think it's a good investment. I don't think this league is going anywhere. It, it, you know, it, it, early on, it did find Ooh. some traction. It did find Ooh. some traction early on, and some of the players did move on to the NFL, so it was great for some of the players, but not most. The majority, actually. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, we'll give it another shot, another go round, and see how it plays out, but I just don't see it going anywhere. Uh, and I don't see The Rock making any money he's got plenty of money but i see him losing this 15 million dollars right i wish i had 15 million dollars throughout a league but i don't and he does but he'll lose it yes pj walker definitely prove Friday wrong uh i tend to agree that it's going to be really tough i mean we know we all remember or some of us remember the usfl you know the usfl and donald trump who owned the, the new jersey generals at the time they were hell-bent on competing with the NFL in the fall. So they launched in the fall and that league didn't last very long because they took on the NFL head to head during the same period of time in the season or during the, during the year, uh, the XFL launched, you know, one season and then, and then the second season it went, or was this the first season? No, uh, was the, did they, did the XFL start up a second season or was no. this the first? Well, this no, was, this is, well, they, they finished that, like the first, they finished the first like one, like right? the 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the year 2000 when the Tommy uh, Maddox yeah, yeah, yeah. and the LA Extreme, LA Extreme, uh, won the championship there. Uh, and then this year they couldn't even finish the full season, but you know, I mean, it's, it's, due to covid right uh really but even then uh it still might have gone the way of the aaf uh because the aaf also that's why i thought it was two seasons on, because the aaf was a year before early on it looked pretty good like a, a valid you know football league where these you know some of the guys have talent xfl had a little bit more talent but 
Uh, I mean, like the ratings went down. I mean, you know, people sort of got bored of it. I think I think it's just uh, too soon after the football season. You you know, you can't you can't finish uh, the NFL in February and then a month later have this season start up. Like a week later, or or was yeah, this one was a week later. The AAF actually started a little bit later, but this one, yeah, it was it was pretty much a week later. And I mean, you have to you have to um, you know have the viewers uh, get a little bored you know, sitting at home or whatever they do on the weekends and, and, and just, you know, want football again. And, you know, there's just not that, that sort of drive for, for football. Yeah. I mean, on the bright side for the XFL, there'll be more players, uh, smaller rosters in the NFL is going to mean a a larger pool of players for the XFL. If they can, if they can get people signed and under contract, uh, you know, in the near future, but, uh, you know, we tried it both ways, right? We've tried taking them on in the fall with the, the USFL. We've tried, uh, spring football with the AAF, which went bankrupt, and then the XFL, you know, that tried it this year, and yeah. it was look, it looked like it was a little bit more promising. I think. So when do you think during the year would be? I think the only the time way. to launch this uh, a football league to go. Yeah, I, and get I, fans and get I, viewers. I think the only way to do it is to is for the NFL itself to create a sub league, just like the NBA has the G League was D League. Now it's a G League. Oh, the, sponsored by Gatorade, I think. That's is that what they're called? It's the not G the development developmental yeah, league no, anymore. No. It's the it's the G League oh now. Lord. Uh, so I mean, I, I think that's the only way it's going to see if they use it as sort of a developmental league for players that are trying to make it into the NFL. A lot of these guys in the practice squad that don't make a ton of money, they can play in that secondary league and, you know, see if they can sort of succeed in that league and and get drafted into the NFL. I think that's the only way because the NFL has massive amounts of money. Unlimited resources. Uh, So... I think that's the only way. I mean, if, if you know, doing it this way, a, you know, like a, a whole new league altogether, I just think it'll fail every single time. I think the NFL really has to step in and do it their own way if if people want football in the offseason. Yeah, it's interesting because college football is at the same time. Obviously, the level of play is far, far below what you get in the NFL. You obviously have rivalries. You have people who have allegiance to their alma yeah, mater, I mean, allegiance to their region, allegiance to their to their state. So there's that emotional connection. Uh, connection because the league, the talent in the, in the in college football obviously is nowhere near what it is in the NFL, but that is wildly successful. The NFL did this once before in, with NFL Europe as a as a developmental league for the NFL as well as to bring the NFL, you know, to the eyeballs of the European audience, and it was a success. Uh, it obviously operated at somewhat at a loss, I believe, to the NFL, but it was a success, and and many people wondered why the NFL pulled the plug on NFL Europe when they did, uh, because they already had that model going. And now with, with the way that satellite TV and, you know, and, and the ability to get any game you want, any time you could watch NFL Europe over here, you could watch, yeah. you know, they could have some of the games over here, some of the games over there, you know, and I, and I've often wondered, you know, whether it's just the NCAA that doesn't want, you know, that league to take off because they, you know, people could go straight from high school yep to the developmental league bypass college and we wouldn't get Cam Newton, uh, you know, spectacular heroics or, you know, Alabama coming back from a three touchdown deficit in the fourth quarter to win, you know, the championship. You wouldn't get those moments because those guys at that kind of talent level would already be in the developmental league making a living. They should still, um, you know, uh, you know, sort of force players to, to uh, play in college until maybe 
20, 21 years old because not all those guys, the majority of those guys are not going to go to the NFL. So once they graduate, it gives them a chance uh, to, you know, show off their, you know, showcase their skills to the league to show them what they can do. Because in college, sometimes you play at some of these smaller schools where people don't really watch you. And so these guys can play in this developmental league once they do graduate from maybe some of those smaller programs or even the large programs where they're just not, you know, at that level where they're drafted. So I think there's definitely enough talent, enough players, uh, you know, to pick from, you know, from the college ranks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's going to be tough for any league to take on the NFL, especially... Unless it's the NFL's league. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and... NFL 2. NFL <laughs> NFL 2. The sequel. Yeah, they can play, like, in all the places they want to send the NFL players. Yeah. They can play in Mexico City. They can play in... St. Louis. In, in Scotland. <laughs> they can play in the UK. They can play in all the places where the where the NFL players don't want to go. Uh, but as long as college football is as big as it is, and it has the kind of... Following. funneling yeah. relationship mm-hmm. they have with players in the draft to the NFL. It's going to be really, really yeah, tough, tough without some shtick, mm-hmm. without some, you know, something that's different. Yeah, I mean, you have to have a, an emotional connection to the league itself. Like I have to the uh, Isla Scotches. Yes, Ben. Yeah. You have, <laughs> <laughs> you have a relationship with these Scotches. I do, I do. Not just the All right, right. Anything else to add about the Rock. Did that Pete monster give you a call? Did she text you back? Yeah, yeah. She texted me. You know, I mean, I didn't wait three days, you know, but she did text me back. Hey, babe. And thinking about you. And agreed that we can continue to have a relationship like for the that, foreseeable future. That peatiness that you left in my mouth. Yeah, she was very, very potent. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think it was almost a hundred proof that one. It was, yeah, it, it was, was up it was there. About ninety proof, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was ninety. So you know, she said, "If you can handle me, delicious. I'll continue. <laughs> we can continue this relationship." Uh, anything else to add? <laughs> no, Ben. <you laughs> can move on. Right. Uh, Next up, add. the 49ers signed Jordan Reed. The 49ers are adding an insurance policy at tight end, a tight end who is familiar with head coach Kyle Shanahan and his complicated offense. Chris Bitterman of the Sacramento Bee reports Jordan Reed, a former third round pick in 2013 with Washington when Shanahan was the offensive coordinator, agreed to terms with San Francisco on Monday on a one year contract, according to an ESPN report. Reed, who turned 30 on July 3rd, hasn't played since 2018 and missed all of last season following his seventh, count them, seven documented concussions during the preseason. Uh, Reed made the Pro Bowl in 2016 and has averaged just under 55 catches in 562 yards over his six seasons. He scored 24 career touchdowns, including 11 in 2015, but his health is a major question mark as it was believed his series of head injuries could lead him into retirement. Reed reunites with his former Washington running mate, left tackle Trent Williams, who was traded to San Fran in the spring following Staley's retirement. Uh, it's a pretty small contract with a lot of incentives. Franny, what say you about mm-hmm. Jordan Reed? You know, always take him in fantasy football oh, late yeah. rounds, thinking he's good. This is going to be the year <laughs> that he breaks out. The problem is, I don't take him in late rounds. I take him in the middle rounds. Yeah, because the guy has so much potential. I mean, the guy is one of the best tight ends out there when he's healthy. The problem is he's never healthy. And, I mean, what you look at is not his yards or reception. It's his touchdowns. I mean, the guy is a beast in the red zone. Uh, and so, I mean, I think it's great. I love Jordan Reed. I want him to succeed in the NFL. I feel terrible that he's dealt with all these concussions. Uh, he's always had health issues. I mean, it, it always seems like there's there's something nagging whenever he's you know on the field. He has to either leave the game earlier, just miss a game, miss multiple games, miss seasons. Um, but he definitely could be up there. 
you know, with the Ertzes, with the Kelseys, you know, with the Kittles and with, you know, just imagine Jordan Kittle. I mean, not Jordan Kittle, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Reed and Kittle on the same team if Reed can stay healthy. Yeah. And, and oh, let's man. see if he can. I mean, when he's healthy, Give the guy a shot. he averages, you know, 11, 12 yards a carry. And as I mentioned, 11 TDs in 2015, uh, he did play on for Washington, although Washington had a pretty good team last year. He was absent, but they did have a pretty good team in terms of their receivers and tight ends last year. But, you know, I just wish him luck. No, I mean, yeah. I wish him luck. I think it's a nice steal for Shanahan. Definitely. Getting him on a cheap deal with a lot of incentives. Yeah. Uh, and you, you I'm always surprised root a lot for of, him. I'm surprised other teams didn't go out and, and, and reach to get him, you know, because when he's healthy. He's really yeah. good. He's a very good tight end. But, you know, a complete year out of the league, seven concussions. Yeah. Gronkowski was out of league for a year. He's yeah. back. Everyone's expecting him to be like the second coming of Gronkowski now. But he I mean, is there's Rob really, Gronkowski. I know. I understand that. But he's he's also had his injuries as well. I mean, he's, you know, he looks like a cyborg out on the field with that sleeve that he wears that... Uh, that sort of yeah, uh, yeah, huge yeah. thing on his arm it's like there. A, a cross between Alex Rodriguez at third, you yeah. know, at the plate and RoboCop. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I wish him all the best. And uh, seeing that he's on the Niners, I might pick him up in the late rounds yeah. in the draft yeah. again. Late, like in the third or fourth round. <laughs> nah. Okay. Maybe seventh. Eighth. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but I wish him a lot of luck. Yeah. No, definitely. All right. Anything else to add? <laughs> I've added all I could there, man. All right, I guess we can move on. Next up, another story out of San Francisco. The San Francisco 49ers running Niner back stories. Raheem. They were busy this week. We, Raheem know. Mostert. We look at 49ers.com. Yeah, yeah, that's like exactly. I got, my, I got all my stories from Googled 49ers. News. <laughs> 49ers.com. Raheem Mostert. Uh, Kittle. Said, Jordan Reed. <laughs> Jordan Reed. <laughs> said Wednesday that he never expected to leave the organization despite making a trade request in July. Bullshit. You definitely were ready to go and get traded. Uh, Mostert told reporters it was a long, long, long difficulties in the end, or it was long and there were difficulties, but in the end we were able to sit down and have communication and it's a blessing to be here. It's one of those things where I knew it was going to be right regardless of how it played out. I knew that in the end it was going to be all right and I was still going to be a niner no matter what. The Niners agreed <laughs> yeah. to re restructure his $8.7 million contract last week. He can now earn an additional $2.75 million in bonuses and incentives, so he didn't get any more guaranteed money. But it does get him closer to his demand, which was to get him closer in salary to running back mate Tevin Coleman. Uh, what say you about uh, coughing up a little bit of incentive money to Raheem Mostert, who was their most productive back? Yeah. Did complain that he wanted to trade, did uh, argue that he needed a new contract, even though he's 28 years old, mm -hmm. even though he was not particularly productive on any of the four or five or six teams that he was on prior <laughs> to getting to the 49ers. Yep. Yep. But at least they locked him up. Like you said, Ben, he was on multiple teams. He didn't find any traction on those teams. He couldn't create a spot for himself on the roster. He was basically a special teams guy. He was a returner, uh, which takes a lot of skill as well, but he never found this much success. But I think this has a lot to do with the offense run and the offensive line that they have in, you know, in, in uh, San Francisco uh, than his skill and the talent that he has. And so uh, he made a little bit extra cash, I guess. Um, still, you know, $8.7 million for his, for a contract for him. That's, that's, that's pretty good for a guy that's been around the block. Yeah, I mean, and I think we talked about it last week. I mean, you know, this is a Shanahan trademark. Mm -hmm. uh, they've never for the, I mean, other than, I'm not sure if Shanahan was coaching in Denver when Terrell Davis was there. I don't think so. Uh, but the, he made, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan's father made a lot of, 
a lot of running backs look really, really good in Denver for a lot of years. And it looks like he's learned that Kyle has learned that from his father and he's done the same in San Francisco and he won't ever have to spend Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell type of money mm-hmm. on a running back because of the way that system is configured, especially uh, with the huge offensive line and the way that they use their tight ends out there as blockers. So I agree with Franny. You know, it is good that he's locked up, good that he's not complaining, and I think it's good for the 49ers that they were able to lock him up uh, without having to give him any more guaranteed money. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if he's as good as he says he is, he will certainly earn those bonuses and incentives. So we'll see how it goes in San Francisco. We'll see. Next up in 49ers news. (laughs) No, there is no more 49ers news. Uh, This is the 49ers podcast. (laughs) We have some news about the Seahawks, Eagles, and Steelers. Coming up. uh, Coming up a little bit later in the show. Uh, but that wraps, or that doesn't just, wrap it up. I guess it was a busy week for the Niners, Ben. But yeah. good news, though. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of good stuff to talk about right there. Big name players, at least Kittle is, Jordan Reed used to be, and Raheem Mostert finally shut his mouth. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting what's going on in the NFC West with <laughs> Jamal Adams coming yeah. over to the Seahawks on a uh, huge trade. Fun. fun to watch. Last week, uh, the Rams. You know, trying to get out of their own way with a lot of really difficult contracts to resolve over there. Uh, it should be yeah. an interesting. The Cardinals still exist. Yeah, the Cardinals still exist. <laughs> They've buttressed their offensive line again. They think they, you know they think they're going to be good. So we shall see. You got to be good in that division. Yeah, exactly. Next up, Friday, we have. You wanted to talk about this this week. We have the Madden. We did the top 100 NFL players from CBS last week. Uh, and I was pissed. And you, and we we were D- Dak irate. Prescott at 46. And no Carson Wentz. No Carson Wentz. No Ben Roethlisberger. The guy that carried the team from weeks 8 to 16 to the playoffs with second and third string uh, wide receivers. And you had Not even Dak third string. Practice Prescott, squad. Practice squad guys. And Dak Prescott, who couldn't even make the playoffs with his starters. With his full team intact. Oh, my God. What's this world coming to? It's coming to a shot. <laughs> That's what I'm working, uh, we have, I'm working towards that. We have a drinking game on this show. And forgive us, we did uh, start pre-gaming a little bit earlier when we were brewing the beer. Uh, so if Frane says anything negative about the Cowboys or anybody in the NFC dead, East, dead. he has to take a shot. If I say anything negative about you know anyone in the AFC North as a Steeler fan, I have to take a shot. And if Sonya says anything negative when she's yeah, on the she's show, on the as show. It's when the season starts... If she says anything negative about the NFC West as a Seahawk fan, she has to take a shot. But what in undoubtedly happens and inevitably happens is that every time Friday takes a shot, I take a shot. And every time I take a shot, Friday takes a shot. So yeah, it's more, it's, <laughs> seems like more of an excuse for us to take shots Pretty than much. it is. But it's not the best, uh, flavor at, in terms or of quality shots or quality in terms of shots. I mean, this is, they the didn't burn, this factory didn't burn to the ground. <laughs> well, actually, they had that. Remember, yeah. they, they, um, it was Jim Beam, right? That that actually yeah. that that had the fire, and then all that whiskey was released yeah, into the river. Into the river. Oh, if, it was, if only I was downriver. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be downriver of the Jim Beam Peach Distillery, the peach, where they're no. adding the peach. No, 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 I don't. I don't want the flavor that they add to that. But just the Jim Beam in general, Ben. I know you're a big fan. I like Jim Beam. Multiple taste tests for yeah. you. I mean, you and Sonya are very big fans of the Jim Beam. I don't that, mind that that peanutty flavor. Yeah. You guys love it. Um, but uh, you know, this this is a punishment shot. And fucking Dak Prescott, are you serious? At forty six, yep. and Roethlisberger was not on the list. Off the and list. Wentz wasn't on the list. And they have this guy at number and more the, higher than the middle of the pack at forty six. Yeah, I mean, it pays to play. 
Yeah. For the Cowboys. He must have paid some money. Here we to go. Be on that list. Cheers, Let's Ben. Do it. He doesn't have any. <laughs> Still not under contract. Uh, he's going to make thirty-three million yeah, this year. Thirty-one point something. Thirty-one yeah. point seven. Still too much. Mm. Mm. I'd like to say that was good, but it was not. Oh, Jim Beam Peach. Oh, Pick worse. it up at your local Total Wine. Please don't pay more than you have to for this one. I'm sure college kids would love this stuff. College kids would, you know, this is this is a really bad. Oh, you can mix it with over the can, next day. Yeah, you can mix it with Red Bull. You can mix it with ginger oh, yeah. ale. You can mix it with Coke. Yeah, you can mix this with just about anything. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, we just wanted to talk. Or Friday wanted to talk right. a little bit. About the Madden did I? rankings. Actually, I did. You did? You did? I talked about this, yes. You ask and you shall receive. Thanks, Ben. So here we have the Madden ranker rankings. I'm not exactly sure how this works. I guess it goes from zero to 100. <sighs> this is, how was the number one player not a quarterback? Well, I mean, these guys are all tied at 99. So Gilmore, Mahomes. Oh, these are the overall yeah. ratings for yeah, their yeah. positions. Okay, I, I get it. All right, let's go. So Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, Michael mm-hmm. Thomas, and Patrick Mahomes, and Stefan Gilmore all 99s. at 99 uh-huh. uh, across the board. So the highest possible Madden ranking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Wagner comes in at 98. DeAndre Hopkins, George Kittle, J.J. or J.J. Watt at 98. That, that kidding me. 98. Don't you have to play football exactly. to be on this list? Exactly. Uh, you get the, uh, the the good guy points on this one I yeah. think, because people like him. Zach yeah, Martin comes in also at 98. Uh, Julio Jones at 97 with Khalil mm. Mack, Russell Wilson in the third tier. Travis <laughs> Kelsey and Von Miller in the third tier as well. Wait, right. was George, George Kittle was in the second tier. I think tier. Cameron Jordan shouldn't be a 96, but whatever. Well, what do you think about Russell Wilson being in the third tier? Well, the best quarterback sec- in the league. He is definitely one or two or three. He's, he's, he's up there. I, I You know, I... I I think um, Mahomes is getting a little bit of love because he just won the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson, if he just won the Super Bowl, he'd probably be a 99 as well. I see him as a 99 also. Uh, I don't see any skill set that Mahomes has that Wilson does not have. Actually, Wilson has a much larger skill set right now, especially when it comes to experience. But let's go on. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, Von Miller also in that third tier. Coming in at 96, Cam Jordan of the Saints. David Bakhtiari. Uh, left tackle for the Green Bay Packers. Fletcher Cox coming yep. in. Yep. And the fourth tier, I think he should be a little bit higher. Yeah, I think 96 is um, good. That's a good rating for yeah. a player. Yeah. Uh, Michael Schwartz, uh, right tackle for Kansas City, and Tyreek Hill coming in. And at I think that's a little high for Tyreek. Next year. I, I, you know, I, I, I think he should be just slightly lower than that. I mean, he's a speedster. But, but he didn't light it up last year. No, he, he was on a crazy. decoy a lot of the time last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next year coming in 95, Calais Campbell. Chandler Jones, Harrison Smith, strong safety for the Vikings. Rob Gronkowski coming in really the, high at 95. What we're going to get from this guy. Yeah, along with Taron Armstead, left tackle for the Saints. But Rob Gronkowski yeah, uh, sitting there at 95. What yeah. say you about that? That That is fairly high for a player that we haven't seen play for a year. And, now. and only gutted it out the, the year before yeah, last and, and he, even because then, he knew it was his last season playing. Yeah, well, yeah. probably his last season And playing. that was in the Super Bowl, right? And, and, yeah. and it was in the Super Bowl. He actually played. He was one of the better players. He made the play that won the game. Super Bowl. Uh, but still, a 95 is, is a reach for him right now. Yeah, coming into the next tier, Devontae Adams, Jalen Ramsey, Jason Kelsey. That's a little center. high for Jason Kelsey, too. Eh, I, I think that's centers, a lie. Good centers are hard to find. He's a good center, but he's old. Uh, Lamar Jackson coming in way down there at 94. And that's Quentin a good rating Nelson. at 94 for Lamar Jackson. For well, he was the MVP coming in below a lot yeah, of other. I know, I know. But, I mean, he was an MVP for the team this year. I mean, they had a really good season, but in the playoffs, 
Playoffs. That's true. Playoffs. Talk about playoffs. Uh, Quentin Nelson. And coming in the next tier, 93, Amari Cooper, the $100 million man. Brandon, well, Brandon Brooks. Brooks should be a zero because he's not going to play, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, true. Uh, Derek Henry coming in way down there at 93. Drew Brees at 93. Miles Garrett at 93. Uh, Rodney Hudson, uh, center for the Raiders coming in at 93. Ronnie Stanley at 93. Tyron Matthew at 93. Mm-hmm. Any comments about that tier? Mm. I think it's Tyron Matthews. Okay. <laughs> you want to go through like uh, like the quarterback position or the running back? Position? Oh, how many? How many? Is this one hundred? Like the top yeah, yeah. one hundred? Let's just it, go through the top one hundred and see, and then we'll go to the quarterbacks and see how they oh, rate this the quarterbacks. Keeps going. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ! That's a long. This, okay. Every player in the Let, league. Let's just filter it by quarterback then, <laughs> and, and see who they have as their top quarterbacks. Yeah, we could be talking about this all night. There's like twenty pages of this. This is crazy. I mean, me, ben, we mean me and you don't even play. Madden. I play play PS4, but I never really play Madden because I'm not that good at it. Yeah, me neither. Um, You know, I I like the shooting games, but uh, Madden is... I mean, I could beat you probably, but I wouldn't be able to beat anybody else. You could definitely beat me. So, number one for the quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so that's that's pretty respectable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Russell Wilson is up there. He should be 98, Number two, that's... That's arguable right there. That's that's definitely you could, shouldn't you could, be two tiers. I wouldn't away. be unhappy with either one of those quarterbacks on my team. Yeah, that's true. But he should be a little closer to Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lamar Jackson coming in number three mm-hmm. uh, at ninety four. What about Drew Brees coming in as the fourth rated I quarterback? I look, that is I look, I look a little bit further down this list. I'm you know I, I'd rather have a little bit of a veteran presence here. I, I think so. I mean, I I might rather take Aaron. Rodgers or Deshaun Watson ahead of him. I mean, I, if if it was my team and I'm and I'm rooting for a certain team, the Eagles. But it, but you know, obviously, once is coming up as well. But if I'm going to have either one of these guys on the team right now, an old Drew Brees, I don't want him as much as I want a young Deshaun Watson yeah. or a semi-aging Aaron Rodgers. Although Drew Brees is a regular season machine, uh, so we'll yeah, see if he can throw the ball twenty yeah. yards down the field. Well, I've said it before. I'll say it again. <laughs> Drew Brees is not going to finish this season. At the quarterback position for the Saints. You heard it here first. You heard it here many times, going back at least five or six Every podcasts. Uh, Tom Brady coming up next at nine. I 90. think you might Tanya Harding him. I mean, before if you yeah, like, if it's I might like have to. game sixteen, you might I go might out there to. with like a crowbar, yeah. you know, just to put him out of the game during during the national anthem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you should have been kneeling. <laughs> Your knee wouldn't have been exposed. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, coming up next, Aaron Rodgers. You think he should be above Breeze? Or? I think so, definitely. I think Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan and Deshaun Watson should be above Breeze. What about Matt Ryan coming in next after Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I, I think Matt Ryan is fine right there. Uh, Deshaun Watson coming in next. Way down there yeah, at that's, 86. That's, that's disrespect. I think uh, he, he gets too much disrespect because of the team that he plays on. He has a terrible coach. Uh, the organization has proven themselves to be uh, a little incompetent at times. So uh, I, I think that's a little low for his skill set. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it can't. I mean, he plays for O'Brien. I mean, what you can only you can only go as far as your coaching staff and the play calls you, will you take you. You release your best wide receiver. Yeah, you trade him to Arizona because you're afraid to give him the money he deserves. Uh, next up, Carson Wentz, way down there at 84. Oh, that's, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. But Dak Prescott should, be higher. should not have the same rating. Yeah. Well, at least in this game, he has the same rating as uh, Dak Prescott right. instead of being completely left off, off the, list the list altogether or being mm-hmm. at like 50 or something. 
uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, the choke artist himself here, uh, the Super Bowl, laying a goose egg in the Super Bowl. Here we go, Jimmy G at 83, Matthew Stafford at 83, uh, Kirk Cousins at 82. What do you say about Kirk motherfucking Cousins? I think that's fair. You like, should be I a think, little I think, higher. I think that's a fair rating at 82 right there. I mean, he's not spectacular, but he's also not as bad as you say, Ben. That's true, but he sh- I actually think he should be above Garoppolo. If you ask me personally, he should be above yeah, but Garoppolo. He's getting a little was... Super Bowl love here. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that has a little bit to do with it. And Phillip Rivers coming in at 82. Mm-hmm. Eh, I mean, uh, it's hard to argue with that. What about the next one, Ben? Ben Roethlisberger coming in at 81. So you put Your... Rivers, Cousins, Garoppolo, Prescott, Matt Ryan above him, along with Drew Brees. I hardly think that that's fair. I, th- I think Drew Brees might be ahead of him right now. Uh, they're about the same age. Actually, Drew Brees, no. Drew Brees is about two years older than he is. Uh-huh. But Ben uh, Roethlisberger still might have a cannon of an arm, whereas Drew Brees played great the year, the year before like he little, got hurt. little pistol. Uh, yeah, he's got like a little... What do you call those little cap BB pistols? Gun, little BB gun. Yeah, we got an arm now. But he's got to pump it up fully. He's got to get. He doesn't even have the CO two cartridge. He's got to he's pump got it. The, he's got to manually pump it on the, the sideline, like Super Soaker yeah. fifty, where you have to pump it up. But that's that's that disrespect. That's disrespect. Roethlisberger belongs higher on this list than that for his career. I mean, he has had a spectacular career, and he belongs higher on this list. Uh-huh. Uh, Ryan Tannehill coming in below Roethlisberger. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a fair assessment for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, you know, we saw the type of player that he could be in the regular season, but then the playoffs, he kind of, you know, kind of puttered throughout the playoffs, didn't play that well. Uh, but he deserves to be ahead of the players that he is stacked above, which is Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr said this week that he's tired. He's tired of listening to the critics. Yeah. He doesn't care what <laughs> they think. Stop telling me how terrible I am. Yeah, he doesn't care what they think. He's just going to go out. And play his game and let the chips fall where they may. But Derek Carr coming in at 79. Baker Mayfield. Uh, oh, my God. Baker Mayfield, the same score as Cam Newton. That's, Are you kidding me? I'm no big yeah. Cam Newton fan, but that's that's some disrespect right there. Yeah, I think Cam Newton deserves to be a, way ahead. A head. Not way ahead, <laughs> well, not, but, but ahead it, of Baker Mayfield. He should definitely be rated above Baker Mayfield. And Josh Allen coming in at 77. All right. All right. I, yeah, I mean, he's, that's, he's got some legs. He can run. Uh, yeah, Kyler Murray. Who uh, coming in at seventy seven as know, well for a rookie of the year? I, I, that's a little low. I yeah, mean, he, you know he he, was, he actually played pretty well yeah. on a bad no team. offensive line man. Yeah, he actually played okay, and, and, I, I think and, and no able, running game. He, to he speak should be of ahead either. of those other well, two guys. Drake he should be ahead well. of you know Baker Mayfield and Cam Newton just just because of the way he played and the players that he had around him. That's a little bit of disrespect. Jameis Winston, second string quarterback, coming in ahead of Jared Goff. Oh, yeah, but you look at the other names on the list. So, you know, I, I would take him ahead of, I, I might take him ahead of Dirty. He did throw like 80 touchdowns and 80 yeah, that's true. interceptions, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. 30 for 30. <laughs> yeah. 30 and 30. 30 TDs, 30 interceptions. Uh, Jared Goff coming in I, next. Uh, Joe Burrow never started a game in the league coming in ahead of Teddy yeah. Bridgewater. That doesn't make any sense. We saw what Teddy Bridgewater could do on that Saints offense last year. All he year. did he was win five straight games. Spectacular. That's disrespect to Teddy Bridgewater with having Joe Burrow, a guy that's never even stepped on the football field, well, NFL field, and he's above him? Yeah, and he won five games in the NFC South. Yeah. I mean, they weren't all NFC South games, but But. I mean, he played against some stiff competition Mm -hmm. down there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fitzpatrick, placeholder for Tua Tagovailoa. Oh, we forgot Sam Darnold. Oh, we forgot. Where is? Oh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's right there, right between. 73. I also think that's a little bit of disrespect for Sam Darnold. He, He played well under... 
his circumstances yeah. over there. I mean, he didn't have great wide receivers what there. What is he going to do? I mean, when you're playing with for Adam Gase, yeah. you have one wide receiver. They, you know, I, he, I, they, I would, he leaves the free him, agency. I'll rate him at least at 78, too. Yeah. I'd rate him a little bit higher than that. Me, too. Tua coming in also at 73. Andy Dalton, the Red Rider. Franes, beloved Andy Dalton coming in at 72. Yeah. Daniel Jones, way down here at 72. Yeah, Mitchell, I'm surprised. Damn you, I'm a Giants general manager, and (laughs) I want Daniel Jones. I don't want any of these other quarterbacks that are available. Yeah. Oh, man. What's his name again? Gettleman? Yeah. 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 Dave Gettleman. Man, how do you? I mean, he maybe he'll turn out to be our, Mitchell Trubisky coming up next at seventy two. Also, mm. you know, if you're tied with Trubisky, things are not good. If you're a starting quarterback at seventy two, that's pretty terrible. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett coming in at seventy one, part of the forty million dollar quarterback combo they've got in Indianapolis. Uh, Jordan Love of Green Bay coming in at seventy one. All right, another guy that we haven't seen Play. yet. Uh, Nick Foles coming in at seventy one, Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, Nick he Foles. might be the but for preseason, he could be the starter. If they yeah, were preseason games, yeah. he might be the starter. Uh Drew Locke coming mm. in way lower than I expected, way down at 70. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, he's he's under some of these rookies coming yeah. into the league right now. He played really well in the beginning. Yeah. You know, petered out a little bit yeah. there, but we'll see. Uh, I I think Drew Locke could be could be a solid player. Dwayne Haskins Jr., who according to Madden 2021 plays for the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> He plays for Washington football team. They could have at least put some kind of a logo here, yeah. even if it's just a W or something. Uh, but I think Haskins, if he when he matures, I think he'll be, you know, a, a better player. He's just a little bit young right now. That's all. Uh, Gardner Minshew coming in at 70 as well. Uh, Justin Herbert. That's disappointing. Coming in I know, way down. Ben, you were such a huge fan. I love Justin Herbert. Of Justin Herbert. And you wanted you well, somehow you wanted uh, the Steelers to you get him in the draft. Obviously, it was a little well, too straight high. Up. Tra- I mean, the Seahawks yeah. just gave away an entire draft for from Jamal Adams. The Steelers can't give away part of a draft. Or... Yeah, but they usually have a pretty good late draft. Well, that's true, but we still gonna need a quarterback. Roethlisberger's yeah, yeah. ranked way down this you list. You got the duck. You got uh, Rudolph. Uh, yeah, exactly. Huh. The fact that they're not, I mean, that, that you guys are thinking ahead a little bit with, with Wentz's Injury history that the Green Bay Packers are looking ahead with Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. I mean, teams are beginning, you know, with older quarterbacks are beginning to at least have some type of a plan in place. Yeah, and the Steelers plan, yeah. have Steelers. no plan. And he's thirty, going to be 39 at the yep. end of this year. Yep. You know, they got to have some kind of a plan. And the plan can't be Devlin, yeah. the duck, Hodges. Nope. Uh, Joe Flacco coming in at 69 and Tyrod Taylor coming in at 69. Yeah, I think that's pretty well. I think that's far enough down the list. These are some of these guys won't even start. Joe Flacco, for instance. Yeah, potentially. Uh, we'll see how... Uh, he might end up starting yeah, well, if Darnold doesn't if, play well. If, if he gets mono again, you never know. Oh, if he gets mono again. All right, so that is a little bit different than what we talked about uh, last week. So I don't mind uh, the Madden rankings as much as I minded the NFL Top 100, which was... Or the CBS. With, was it CBS? Or CBS, yeah. yeah. Those CBS rankings Made ever, absolutely no sense. Uh, because And, you know, Carson Wentz was left off both the NFL Top 100 or, as yeah, well yeah. as... Uh, CBS, but uh, next up we did. Oh, can I move on? <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Next up, we just wanted to wrap up the opt outs. Uh, so we had another, you know, some some more opt outs this week. I believe the deadline was on Thursday of this week uh, to opt out, which a lot of players complained was too early 
uh, to opt out. They wanted something a little bit more similar to what Major League Baseball has, which is essentially opt out at any time. But the NFL has to be able to plan for their rosters and they have to be able to game plan uh, their playbook for the season. So, I mean, I think it's unfair of the players to just believe they could just opt out at any point during the season whenever they feel like it. Uh, you know, they're not, you know, a lot of these guys also that opted out wouldn't have made the team anyway. So they got, you know, essentially $150,000, you know, when they wouldn't have been playing football in the first place. But there are some big ones here. Uh, you know, for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, we got, they lost a quarterback, more, more, Maurice Kennedy and yeah. Steven Guidry, wide receiver. And their, um, their quarterback position is not that, not yeah. that great right now. Uh, Green Bay, uh, as we talked about last week, they lost Devin Funches. The Chiefs lost almost nobody. They lost one offensive lineman, Laurent Duvernay Tardif. Uh, and the Dolphins lost Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson. The Patriots lost their entire defense. <laughs> uh, Dante Hightower, uh, Brandon Bolden, running back Dan Vital. Dante. Or <laughs> Dante. Dante Hightower. Uh, they lost an offensive lineman, Najee Joran, and they lost wide receiver Marquise Lee. So they lost a bunch of players. Yeah. Eagles. Oh, we talked about some of these last yeah. week too, with uh, you know, Marquise Goodwin, um, you know, opting out with the Eagles, but you know, we, we, we talked about, we covered some of these last week. I'm just trying to see if there's anybody new here that, uh, is of note. Uh, Browns lost a bunch of players. Broncos lost a bunch of players. Colts lost a bunch too. Uh, Jacksonville chiefs lost. Oh yeah. They lost Damian Williams. Mm -hmm. that, that's a pretty big loss for them. Uh, Patriots lost Patrick Chung. We talked yep. about that last week. That's a huge loss. For them, uh, Giants losing Nate Solder. Mm -hmm. That's a huge loss uh, on the offensive line for them. Cap space. What's that? A lot of cap space right yeah. there tied up in Solder. And the Washington football team lost linebacker Josh Harvey Clemens. Uh, so that's it for the opt-out. So the opt-out period is over. Uh, everyone that tests positive will be at least on the two-week injured reserve list. But this, at least now we know who is in that group that can be pared down for the 80-man roster as well as the 56-man roster going into the season. So at least we know where we stand there. Uh, for any, uh, Friday, anything else to add about the opt-outs? Nothing to add, Ben. All right. I think that's about it for the NF new, NFL news. We were going to go through the secondary rankings uh, uh, this week. Maybe next we, week. Yeah, we're about almost an hour in. Yep. So we'll keep holding the secondary rankings off. Uh, until the Eagles are thirty-two, get a little Maybe bit 31. better, uh, and be and at least they could be out of the top or the bottom third of the class. Uh, but Friday, anything else to add before we take Nothing. a quick break and get back to the agenda? Nothing to add, Ben. All right, to folks, that. hold tight. We'll be right back. And we are back with a shout out to some of our new and loyal listeners out there. Yes. Thank you all so much to our new listeners, as well as the listeners that have been with us either from the very beginning or for a long, long time. We truly, truly, truly cannot tell you how much we appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast, share our podcast and rate and review the show, we truly, truly appreciate it. If you're a new listener, please stick with us. We promise we will give you high quality content every single week from now until, you know, 
the end of <laughs> the eternity. Uh, <laughs> since 2008, we have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. And since you're listening tomorrow, during the week, whenever you're listening to this podcast, please consider heading to our website, thirstinggold.buzzsprout.com. From there, you can search thirst or you can subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can search Thirsty Gold Podcast on the web if you'd like to search for us that way. Uh, you have a homework assignment. We know that the kids are heading back to school as we speak. Uh, so a little bit of homework for the adults, the high school kids that listen to the show as well. Please tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, just one person that you know about our show. Grab their phone, grab their podcatcher from their phone, whether it's Apple Podcast, Castbox, Spotify, Pandora. We're on Pandora as well. Grab them. Put our podcast in their phone and say, please do this for me this week. I know you have the time. Listen to the show in the car, at work, <laughs> at your desk, wherever it is. You listen to podcasts, please, please, please give yeah. them a listen. You listen to your podcast as you're working out, right, Ben? Always. As you're squatting. Always, as I'm squatting. Your, your new workout regimen. Yeah. My new, Coming along. My looking, short-lived workout regimen. I mean, you're looking ripped, Ben. Uh, I mean, I can uh, definitely tell. I mean, those shirts are fitting a little tighter. Or you're, you're buying smaller I'm shirts. I'm buying one, smaller one, one, shirts. One or the other. I'm I don't buying know. buying smaller shirts. <laughs> uh, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is a shout Actually, a promo for one of our fellow podcasters out there, our fellow football podcasters out there. Yes, we do this for the love of the game, for the love of podcasting, not to get rich, although it, you know, we wouldn't turn nice. down Joe Rogan money if you offer it up. Uh, but we do this because we love the game. We listen to this or we review uh, not the news for every Dak single Prescott week. Money. Yeah, we're not looking for Dak Prescott money. We review all of the happenings in the NFL and we record this podcast every single week outside in the elements. Come rain, come shine, come heat, come cold, where football should be played and podcast should be recorded uh, and we have a lot of other podcasters out there that do this because they love the game they love their teams uh some are from around the world you know from every corner of the planet and we have another one for you this week this is the third down squad and we're gonna play the promo for you in just a second hello nfl fans welcome to the third down squad podcast your international news podcast for the national football league we satisfy your need for NFL news all year round with our weekly news coverage, as well as predictions, draft analysis, gambling, and lots of other content sharing our laughs and thoughts with you. Come join the squad by listening on Spotify, CastBox FM, or Google Podcast. And if the sound of our voices does not satisfy you enough already, head over to YouTube and watch the whole show as a video version. To get even more exclusive content, make sure to follow us on Twitter at T3DS underscore NFL. So let's get you ready for a new set of downs on Sunday. Yes, indeed. Another international football NFL podcast. This is a shout out to the third down squad podcast hosted by Derek, Josh and Tobias. This is an awesome all things NFL podcast. You can find them on YouTube. Look for a link in the show notes on all of your podcatchers. And you can find them on Twitter at T3DS underscore NFL. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our tag team news, our thirst and goal news. Ben's Steelers, my Eagles, and Sonya's Seahawks. And Ben is flipping the pages to find the news right now. 
Ah, who do you want to start with this week, Friday? Seahawks. Like the Seahawks are yeah, up. Yeah, I try to switch it up. <laughs> Eagles had the top spot for a few weeks there. We're moving on to I the think, Seahawks. I think last week it was the Steelers. I think last week. Was it? Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, first up, Seahawks. There is growing buzz that the Seattle Seahawks will sign free agent to fill, will sign a free agent wide receiver, but it may not be the one that some fans are expecting. ESPN 710, Seattle's Jake Heaps reported that he is fully confident, fully confident that the Seahawks will re-sign Josh suspension Gordon if he is reinstated by the NFL. I am fully confident that when Josh Gordon gets reinstated to the league, he will become a Seahawk. Heaps explained the Seahawks have also been linked to Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. But the receiver recently found out that he will be suspended for eight games. Should I start it, pouring? Yeah. Should yeah, I start yeah, pouring yeah, those yeah. shots right now? Yeah. Stay away from Antonio Brown. I mean, you can't fix everybody. <laughs> you can't fix everybody. Pete Carroll. You're, you, you know, you are, Pete, you know, you're, you're Phil Jackson. You're Greg Popovich. You are these. You know, you do have these this skill set, but you can't fix a car that's broken beyond repair. And that is Antonio Brown. No carburetor, no fuel line, no, no pistons, no salvaging. No, with there's Antonio nothing Brown. that you can do to fix that car. It's broken beyond repair. Uh, the, the number could, could oh, rise depending on the shot. outcome of the ongoing civil suit. Uh, Brown's agent, Ed Wozlenski uh, noted on Twitter that he's his second agent in as many years uh, on Twitter that receiver that the receiver will not appeal the NFL's ruling and continues an eye to return to football, even though he threatened to retire a month ago. Uh, Gordon has been vocal about Gordon has been vocal about his desire to return to the Seahawks and has remained in the Seattle area since he was suspended by the NFL in December. Over the offseason, Gordon applied for reinstatement and is awaiting word from the league to see what his status is for the upcoming season. Heaps revealed and believes that there is a mutual interest as long as the receiver is reinstated. Gordon could be suspended for more games, even if he is reinstated. Field goals, Alistar Corp detailed why he believes Gordon is a better fit for the Seahawks to sign than Brown. Here you go. I love this guy. Another (laughs) friendly reminder that Josh Gordon, one, is awaiting imminent reinstatement. Two, already proved to be a reliable target for Russell Wilson. Three, is not morally corrupt, is not suspended for eight games, and would not require require selling your morality down the river. Crop tweeted. I love that guy. The Seattle spoke glowing. The Seattle's Seahawks spoke glowingly about Gordon even after he was suspended. Seattle was the only team that put in a waiver claim on the wide receiver last season. Gordon played five games for the Seattle Seahawks, notching seven receptions for 130 yard, 139 yards prior to his suspension. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do that. Antonio yeah, Brown. Ben, shot. You, I you love said that. He was an unsalvageable vehicle. Uh, he was completely totaled by the insurance company. So yeah, there's, I mean, there's no going back to that guy. I love this Alistar Corp. I mean, one, he's not, he's, he's, he's going to be reinstated. Two, he already proved to be a reliable target. And three, is not morally corrupt and does not involve you selling your morality Cheers. down the river. Cheers. Cheers. And he also doesn't have a posse with him all the time, even when a team tells you not to bring your posse with you. I want a bigger posse. I want, I, want to be rooting, I want to be reading about the story where you go bankrupt. Ah. Because not only is he a misogynist pig, uh, he's done nothing but show that he has no care for anyone else mm-hmm. on the planet other than himself. But well, what do you yeah. say about Josh yeah. Gordon? 
I mean, if they could get Josh Gordon back, definitely. I mean, for a good price, too. I mean, I'm not sure how much they have, I mean, how much salary cap they have left right now and how much they would have to pay the guy. But I mean, when he is, when he has been on the football field, um, you know, he's, he's, he's been a pretty decent wide receiver, actually, a very good wide receiver. And so if they could actually pick up Josh Gordon, I wouldn't be opposed to that. And as, as far as. <laughs> moral judgments on a player uh josh gordon all he did was what smoke weed i don't know what I mean, he's done that's, but, that's, but it doesn't appear to be yeah but i mean that's that's pretty much what it what it came down yeah. to and, and i mean you know smoking weed in, in especially in in washington doesn't seem like a very big deal or in 2021 I, mean, I mean but it's, it's legal in the majority of states right now and uh you know if, if that's the only thing holding him back i don't think it's fair if he wants to have the occasional joint Whatever. If he's performing on the football field, who gives a shit? Yeah. I mean, I know he has some other allegedly other issues, too, but none of them are himself, you know, defeating himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't put him anywhere near he's in not, the same category know, as Antonio he's Brown. Not beating people up as they're delivering furniture to yeah. his house I mean, or anything. An- Antonio Brown's ego is so tiny and so fragile that he will let even the smallest slight completely derail his behavior to a point mm-hmm. where he does something that's worthy of a criminal charge or a suspension by the league. Josh Gordon's problems are nowhere near in the same universe, and they appear to be, from all accounts, appear to be, you know, limited to the way that he interacts with his himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not doing the kinds of things that Antonio Brown has been accused of and the kinds of things that we've seen Antonio Brown do on videotape at his own house to other people. Recording himself. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'd like to see Josh Gordon. I think that is a project that, P. Carroll could be successful with, mm-hmm. and it could really take them to a different level mm-hmm. with Josh Gordon and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf on that team. I think it could be a really, really special, special team. All right, Franny, next up. Next up, Ben. Wait, can I move on? <laughs> next up, Ben. <laughs> it's the Steelers. All right. One- Your Steelers, yes. by the way. Uh, no shots on this one. Uh, one of the question marks for the Pittsburgh you watch the Steelers sign Antonio Brown. One of the question marks for the Pittsburgh <laughs> Steelers awesome. heading into training camp was oh, depth. Man, your tune would definitely change on that one. Like, oh my God, Antonio Brown's the best player ever. No, 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 no. I love this guy. No, no, Who no. Who would no. ever say anything negative about him? Although I did say they should have signed Le'Veon Bell over Antonio Brown, which golly. Yeah. At least well, back. I was wrong, but I was right. Yeah, yeah. Yes and no. You know, I was wrong because it was it, if they stayed at the same level, it was an idiotic thing to say. But at least I would have been yeah, right. I'm, I'm sure Le'Veon Le'Veon would, would find more success with the Steelers than he has had with New York. I mean, you know, Adam Gase, come on. Oh God. Uh I'm gonna start I'm gonna start from scratch here. Yeah. <laughs> One of the question marks for the Pittsburgh Steelers heading into training camp was depth at safety behind starters Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds, Minka Fitzpatrick, who also didn't make the top 100 list. Uh, Curtis Riley will get a chance to erase such concerns. Curtis Riley is a journeyman safety signed to a one-year contract with the Steelers on Monday. Riley, 28, is a four-year veteran who spent two seasons with the Titans, one apiece with the Giants and the Oakland Raiders, so don't count those. Riley started, Riley started all 16 games for the Giants in 2018 and intercepted four passes. In 16 games, he moved into Oakland last year and made three starts while playing in all 16 games. He did not have an interception because John Gruden does not know how to coach up a defense and does not know what players should be on the field. The Steelers entered camp with Jordan Dangerfield, who is a primarily a special teams player, Marcus Allen, and rookie Antoine Brooks as the top backup safeties. I am so happy that mm-hmm. they the Steelers went out 
and got a backup strong safety for Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm so happy that they went out and did this because we were so weak at that position. It was one of the few positions on the field that if that if our primary player went down, it, we would struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't, you know, not everyone's the Eagles. You can't just sort of plug and play, you know, guys from well, the Wawa I mean, into it, your secondary and still make the playoffs. But there's a reason why that, I mean, our secondary has been terrible for so many years. Uh, yeah, but at least, you know, you were able to, Piece it together and get to the playoffs. Yeah, not, we made it to the playoffs for other reasons, not because of our secondary. Um, but no, I mean, I think this is a great move for the Steelers to try to bolster that defense, to work on building that defense back to what it used to be, where the Steelers actually found success in the past. Not, you know, Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball for 5,000 yards every season, because obviously that's pretty. It's nice to watch uh, a quarterback throw the ball so many times and have really nice touchdowns and everything, but defense wins championships and that's what you got to build off of it yes, and that's i'm so stoked that's steelers history yeah. right there. that's that's where you find success ben. run the ball play good defense yep exactly With patrick and hayward and watt and bush this could be legion of boom that's, that's not gonna this ahead of ourselves that's not gonna ahead of ourselves curtain, it's funny how positive two. how positive you are you know the eagle sign slay i'm like yeah we'll see how he plays yeah, just one of the best yeah just well, one of the best yeah, in the league play, he's 30 Whatever. he's 30 years old we'll see how he plays this year but i'm not excited until i actually see it on the field because we've seen this happen before with the eagles very recently when they had the quote-unquote dream team uh well vince young said it so can't really take too much from that <laughs> but that's- you've seen it recently yeah, but the Steelers defense, I mean, if you're going to go out and spend money in free agency, if it isn't for an offensive line piece uh, to ensure that Roethlisberger stays upright, spend the money on defense. There aren't any receivers out there to sign right now, with the exception of potentially Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown. Oh, so if you're going to Antonio Brown, if you're going to buttress see him on the Steelers, if you're going to buttress, come back Antonio Brown. Of that team, no way, never come happen. Back Can't happen. Won't happen. <laughs> There's no way. Let's no do way. it. Let's do it. I want. I want to see. I want to see a tweet from Antonio Brown tomorrow that says, "Hey Ben, let's do it again." No <laughs> way. What? <laughs> That's what you're hearing nah. in Pittsburgh right now. There's no. I wonder how way. many fans. How many fans would love to see him back on the field? All those people that burned his. I don't know how many people actually did burn his jersey, but. I wouldn't you know, burn the jersey. Do, I think do, not you if you spend 120 the ashes back together. Bring this guy back. I mean, that's, I think that's the only place he can succeed. Tomlin Tomlinson knows or Tomlin knows Tomlin. Well, definitely, Lady <laughs> Tomlinson definitely doesn't know how to coach a team. Tomlin knows how to handle this guy. Yeah, but no, pass. But yes, oh, I'm so back, happy. I'd love to hear you. I'm so happy that the Steelers buttress that safety position because with with strength in the middle of the field with strengths on the edges at corner, with strengths in the linebacker core now, and strengths on the line, it's going to be nice. And strength at the wide receiver core with Antonio Brown <laughs> no, 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 making no, no, his no. triumphant return <laughs> no, no, to the no, Pittsburgh no. Steelers, marching on to Heinz Field uh, for the new season. Now we have Deontay Johnson. We're good. We're good. Yeah. He's <laughs> definitely the next Antonio <laughs> Brown, one of the best receivers from the past 10 years. You never know. You yeah. never know. Yeah. All right. Next up. Your Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles have paid tribute to the late, great Kobe Bryant with a memorial wall at their practice facility this past week. Uh, The mural, which was shared on Alshon Jeffrey's Instagram account, has three images of Bryant. One from his playing days at nearby Lower Marion High School. One as a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. 
and one in an Eagles uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the middle are just the term Kobe's 10 rules. The 10 rules that Kobe has penned or did pen were one, get better every single day. Number two, prove them wrong. Number three, work on your weaknesses. Number three, execute what you practiced. Number four, learn from greatness. Number five, learn from wins and losses. Number six, I think I got the numbers wrong there. Practice (laughs) mindfulness. Uh, Number eight, be ambitious. And number nine, believe in your team. And number 10, learn storytelling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well-known, well-known, huge Philadelphia Eagle fan, Kobe Bryant, Philadelphia native. Uh, I don't know if he was born there. Yeah. Or he's born in Italy or somewhere, right? But. Uh, well, he's definitely a Philly native. He, he played yeah. high school ball there, and and I mean, he lived in Italy for a time, um, because his dad played overseas. But I mean, it's pretty crazy to talk about Kobe in these terms, you know, in the past tense. Like, you know, they have a mural for him in his passing. I mean, it, it's 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 so crazy. Uh, you know, I still think Kobe is alive and well still to this day. I mean, it's it's so crazy to think that he passed away so early. Uh in his life and and he was i mean it seemed like he was gonna move on to you know much bigger and greater things um but you know uh i mean it's great motivation for the players i mean they all know what type of personality kobe had i mean he was a fiery player he was a passionate basketball player that's why he had so much success uh in the nba um but you know it's 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 um it's 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 that's it's it's a great uh, way to uh, memorialize, you know, Kobe in his hometown in an Eagles uniform with his top ten rules on the board there. Yeah, and I, this is the first I had read those rules. I yeah. don't know if you were aware of them uh, or or some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first I was hearing of it. I think it's a it's it's awesome. A lot of teams have, you know, you know, the Yankees have a a, a, a pull from Joe DiMaggio as you walk mm-hmm. out on the field. Notre Dame has, I can't remember who's, where the quote is from for Notre Dame. Uh, but a lot of these teams have quotes from. Yeah. But great players. I yeah, mean, formal, yeah, former players for their own team. Yeah. Uh, but this one, I think with, you know, reading through those rules, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single rule in there that I wouldn't want to, you know, bring into my own life. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's a really amazing thing to see because no one can walk by that mural and not, want to play harder on that game day than they played before they got to the practice facility. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it, it's, you know, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Play with that Mamba mentality. Yeah. And very few people have it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of players just go out there and I mean, obviously Kobe made a lot of money in his career, but I mean, a lot of players go out there and just, you know, play for the paycheck and don't play with the same passion and fire that he had. But I mean, he brought it every day. I mean, and you talk about Derek Jeter too. I mean, with just, you know, every time he takes the field, um, we've 100%. Heard it, we've, I mean, we've heard it 110%. <laughs> but I mean, we hear it from you all the time. I mean, you just have to go out there and play uh, to your best abilities, you know, above and beyond what you can actually give, what you think your body is physically able to do. You go beyond that. You yeah. know, when, when you think your tank is empty, just that little bit that's left over, go out there and just give it all. Yeah. Give and it, and all. it just, you know, I mean, Kobe obviously had more talent than, you know, than, yeah, than yeah. Derek Jeter at yeah, his position. Yeah. And, and Michael Jordan had more but talent as far, than a as lot far of far as you know, success wise. I mean, you yeah. know, Derek Jeter did a lot in the MLB, and he's 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 you know, Kobe Bryant to me is what Derek Jeter is to you. I mean, and and I understand where that's coming from, but you know, Kobe went out there and he gave it 110 percent for you know every single game for 
Jesus Christ, thousands of games, uh, playoffs as well. I mean, it's 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 uh, you know it's it's pretty crazy what he accomplished, but that's great. Um, you know, motivation for the Eagles, for the Eagle players, and 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 to remember what it means to be an athlete. Um, you know, in any sport, you know that's that's your job, and you do the best that you can possibly do at your position, whatever it is. Yeah, because the impact. I mean, I remember the impact that had on me. I mean, just living here in L.A. for you know for the last twenty years, but the impact it was f- a far more significant impact his passing had on me than I would have anticipated had you told me it was going to happen. That's just so uh, shocking. It, I mean, it seems Im- like impacted it, me more deeply than I expected. Yeah, no, it's it's shocking that we're talking about Kobe in this manner, um, in his passing. I mean, it's just so crazy. I mean, only forty one years old, you know, not too far removed from his you know basketball career and what he did here in L.A. I think it means much more in L.A. than it does in any other part of the world, uh, because people just don't understand what he meant to this city and what he brought to the city and all the fans, even if you were a fan of, you know, like even the Clippers or whatever, you just, you, you, you respected his game and what he brought to the game. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, I, I, there was a time, uh, when I went to a lot of Laker playoff yeah. games in the early two thousands, I had a, a family member who got free tickets to the games, pretty good tickets, actually. Unfortunately, they were, they were really good seats, but in the visitor's, area <laughs> so, <laughs> that's why they were they, a good price they were it was it was the 11th row but it was the 11th row in the visitors You're sitting you know, with the sons in, essentially <laughs> in, in, you know the other basket underneath the other basket uh but that's that's how i always felt going to laker playoff games it was like going to yankee playoff games is that they might not win yeah. the game but i knew that Derek jeter was going to do everything he could conceivably do to win the game and kobe bryant you know, same thing. I'll never forget the game that I was at when he hit. I think he hit the the the, the shot yeah, to know, take it's funny. him. It's funny that we were yeah, at we the, were at the same we game. We were at that same game. I didn't even know but you. But to at go the to time, overtime ben. and then to win the game yeah. in overtime, uh, yeah, just it it that's the kind of player that he was. They could have went to four, five, six overtimes in that game, and he still would have been out there on the court. Oh yeah, doing everything he could to win the game. Yeah. And I mean, a lot I mean, of people wouldn't be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we saw what he did in his last game uh, as a Laker. You know, throwing up sixty you points. Had to do it in New York. Old man Kobe just wanted to show the fans once again what he was all about, and now he's going to show the Eagles what it's all about. Yeah, and I'll never, I, I'll never understand the Madison Square Garden appeal, but you know, nothing has happened there since the seventies. But still, players believe that's the I, place you want to put on your best show. It's funny that like, like players, nothing has happened there since the early seventies. Yeah, players act like it's like the mecca of basketball. But it's in really 1974, not. I mean, maybe. I mean, so many more things have happened elsewhere more recently. In There's a been better boxing matches there than basketball. Time. Exactly. Then. I mean, the, the, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I've never actually played. I've never walked through the tunnels. I've never been in the locker room. Uh, you know, I've never played in the stadium, you know. But it, it's 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 kind of odd. I mean, Staples Center. I mean, there's been so much more accomplished at Staples Center than in New York at Madison Square Garden. It makes absolutely no sense to me. I mean, in the '90s, maybe it, you know, in the, like you said, in the '70s. But I mean, you know, like when when yeah. John Starks and and Patrick Ewing and uh, you know, those dudes were almost, playing almost yeah, so close, sorry, but Reggie not quite. Um, but you know, it doesn't make any sense why why so many people act like that's the mecca of basketball. Why there's so so many guys in the league that are so proud to play at a place where little has been accomplished. Yeah. I mean, I think it's more New York city and all of the courts, uh, the playgrounds around the area where so many players have come and played and, mm-hmm. and come up. Uh, I think it's more like the, just the general area and the level of basketball in the area, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little bit, it has its own sort of energy. It's just, but yeah, I mean, if you're a Nick fan, 
You know, oh, why does I why does anybody so want, why does anyone care what they accomplish here in the, in Madison Square Garden in any game? Yeah, uh, because Reggie Miller knocked us out of the playoffs that one year when we thought we were up, you know we were up by like nine with like a couple minutes to go. <laughs> I mean, multiple years, and you know we had the chance in '98 against the Spurs, and we you know we laid an egg there. Unfortunately, it was Tim Duncan and it was '99. Uh, I think it was '99. '99, yeah. yeah. The Bulls won '98 with uh, yeah '98. Yeah, so it was uh, the '99. Season with the, the, the strike short yeah, season, yeah. but with Tim Duncan and David Robinson put a stop yeah, yeah. to that. But, but I felt good for David Robinson to finally win. Oh, but for sure. that's way off topic. But, um, no, I mean, it, it, like you said, Ben, I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's surreal to talk about Kobe in these terms. Um, uh, but for them to, uh, you know, plaster moral, uh, uh, mural out there for him, it's great for, uh, the Eagles and, uh, pays respect to, uh, to Kobe in his hometown. And his favorite team, he was very passionate about the Eagles. And he got to see them win the Super Bowl. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. And it was a long time coming. All right, funny. Anything else? No, Ben. Nothing else. I don't want to be too funny in this segment. Uh, what's next upon the big board, Franny? Next upon the big board, Ben, is your feel-good, our feel-good story. All right. Hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our feel-good story of the week. All right, and we are back with our feel-good story of the week. Of the week, we're scouring the interwebs for the well, you are, ben. for the best stories we can find about NFL players doing great things. And this week, our feel-good story of the week: William Gay. Out of Tallahassee, down in the dirty, dirty, from WTXL. Low-income families in Leon County are now getting assistance staying connected during the COVID-19 pandemic with help from former NFL star and Tallahassee native William Gay. Before playing in the NFL as a defensive back for more than a decade, Gay grew up in Tallahassee and graduated from James S. Rickards High School. Uh, at the, as the COVID-19 pandemic forces families to stay at home for work and for school, Gay is helping out by making a $7,500 donation to the Foundation for Leon County Schools to pay for home internet service for families from Tallahassee Southside area schools through Comcast Internet Essentials Program. Comcast is matching his contributions and a combined fifteen grand donation will pay for 10 months of Internet Essential service for 150 local families. When the COVID-19 shutdown started and schools had to close, Gay said, I thought all of the kids that don't have the Internet at home and who already struggle every day because of the tough circumstances that they grew up with, these children and their families are disconnected from the valuable resources of the Internet that will help them succeed in school and in life. With reliable home Internet service from a provider like Comcast, they can get fully connected and help level the playing field. Uh, Gay's mother was murdered in a domestic violence incident when he was eight years old. Apparently, Gay and his siblings knew nothing about the domestic violence occurring in the home, but at the urging of other family members and out of fear for her children, she left her boyfriend, the father of Gay's brother. When she was at a friend's house shortly after leaving, her boyfriend arrived at the friend's house and shot her three times. The boyfriend then went back to his car and killed himself. As an adult, Gay has fought tirelessly on many fronts to end domestic violence, and he was even named to a task force formed for this purpose by the Obama administration. Uh, so Gay 
Pittsburgh Steeler, defensive back, played for the Steelers for almost a decade, uh, bringing internet service to people in Tallahassee, Florida, who need it, as well as fighting to end domestic violence after a tough, tough circumstance in his childhood. Frane, what say you? I mean, that's 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 lots to overcome right there. Yeah. And, and, you know, to become a successful football player and then, you know, t- try to help the community like that. Um, you know, I would just think that Comcast, a large corporation with a lot of money, uh, would actually donate a little more cash than just to 7, match. 7500 what yeah, he is. I mean, exactly. they could definitely afford a little bit more and help out some more folks over there. Um, but it's great to see him, um, you know, taking these steps to help these folks that, that, you know, that do need it, that are needed. And, and um, I'm just, I'm just disappointed in Comcast. Actually, after reading all <laughs> yeah. that, I'm like, this guy is going to donate 7,500 and they're just going to, you know, match sort of his donation. I mean, come on. Yeah. You can help more people than that. I don't Greedy disagree. corporations, but you know, good for, good for a game. Yeah, I saw the money, and I was like, well, it's not that much money. But then I also know that he, you know, he worked with the Obama administration on domestic no. violence prevention, yeah. prevention, and he also does a lot of other work. In, no, but the money, in, in the money that he put forward, that's very generous of him. That's yeah, good for the him. Steelers don't play de- pay but, DBs. But, you know, for Comcast, be like, oh, we'll just match what you're doing. I mean, come on, that's very disappointing in them. Yeah, I mean, it is like the second largest cable company yeah. on Earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, probably not on Earth. There's probably yeah, something but, in yeah. China that's yeah. much bigger than anything we have over here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was disappointing to see the amount, uh, especially now. Uh, this is an opportunity for them to make good on their promise to help the community with the kids mm-hmm. homeschooling rather than an opportunity right now to, you know, make a profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jeff Bezos made like a billion dollars <laughs> in a quarter. Uh, and, I, and, you know, they could probably donate a little bit more money to help people who are struggling right now. But, but I, you know, overcoming those types of circumstances, especially knowing that his mother, uh, at the time was probably, you know, keeping a lot of that to herself, uh, just makes me, makes me, you know, appreciate what he was able mm-hmm. to accomplish even more. All right, Friday. Anything else to add? Nothing to add, Ben. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? All right, next up on the big board, Ben. We have our shot of the week. This is the alcohol portion of the show. We'll try the shot, what beer, a beverage, our brown of the night. And first up, though, we have our shot of the week, which is a mango vodka shot, and it's been dubbed the Mango. Look at that Mango. He's at the 50. He's He's at at the the 40. 40. He's He's at at the 30. Look at that Mango. And Sonia came up with that, of course, because Sonia's a lot better at coming up with these names than me and you are, Ben. We would have never thought about that, but that was very clever. I like that name. But what is in this <laughs> shot, Franny? That's the question. In the shot, Ben, it's actually a very simple shot, but I expect it to be very good, very refreshing. It is vodka, Tower Vodka, which is also a very good, low-priced vodka. I believe it's made in Texas. Uh, so the um, vodka uh, and a little bit of uh, mango nectar. Basically, that's that's all there is in there. And then on the rim, Ben, we have that Cholula with that tahine that's stacked on top of that as the rim. And then as the garnish, Ben, let me grab that right over here for you. 
Oh, there's a garnish. Yeah. Look at that garnish. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That. It's wow, wow, a wow, little wow. piece of mango, and it's a beautiful-looking shot. You'll be able to find the shot on our Twitter and also on our Instagram. But it's a very beautiful-looking shot. Very simple, but very nice. Yeah, I mean, it looks amazing. Uh, definitely get a picture of this on Twitter as well as on Instagram, but it looks amazing. Yeah. Is the garnish for after or before? Surprise me. <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this garnish after as we hear Frane's custom shot song playing oh, in the yeah. background, folks. Softly in the background. All right. You want to give this a shot? Let's give it a shot, Let's man. Let's do it. This looks Cheers really good. This is perfect for the, uh, it's about 75 degrees yeah. outside right now. It's a yeah, warm yeah, night yeah. here in Southern California, but I'll expect this to be a refreshing vodka shot. All right. Let's do this. That's spicy, huh? I mean, you looked off the whole rim. Oh, yeah. You're getting that tahine. You're getting that. I love it. The the Cholula hot sauce. Holy shit, that's good. And uh, now you're biting into the the mango, Ben. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, I'm going to eat the skin and all. I don't care. Mm. Mm. That was actually really good. I mean, with the garnish. So you get the refreshing mango flavor. You get the heat from the Cholula. You get oh, that spice good. from the tequila. You gotta lick the rim, man. Uh, no, I'm not gonna lick that off. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna lick that all off. I got enough. I got the right amount of spice with that. But that is a damn good summer shot. You got you like get ten percent of the spice. I got fifteen. Give me some credit here. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you the fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a good shot. That was a very good shot. I mean, this is something that I've been planning to put together for the last few weeks. That was really. I good. just don't usually stop at damn, the store. Good. Um, before I get over here, I mean, I stop at Total Wine, but I don't stop at like a grocery store to get the mango as the garnish. Uh, the only reason I did this time is because I stopped there to get the water for the beer. And so I figured, you know what? Let's do this shot this week. I'll grab a mango. We'll put it together. Oh, this is really good. Yeah. Uh, what we've been doing the last few weeks is we also, well, we review the bourbons and the beers. So we give you our Thirsty Goal rating scale, zero to 10. Honest rating scale. Uh, we've also started doing that with the shots, uh, probably more so uh, for me than for Friday because I'm sort of tasting them on the fly. You know, a matter of first impression, I don't know exactly what's in it, mm-hmm. although he tells me, but I don't know exactly what's in it. Uh, so I taste it for the first time. Friday also tasted it for the first time. Uh, so we've been reviewing and rating the shots as well. So what would you give this one, Friday? Uh, this one's up there. This This one was actually... I mean, it had so you know so many different elements. You know, I mean, it had the the refreshing sort of flavor from the mango. You get a little bit of a kick from the vodka, but you get that spice, that nice spice at the finish, and you bite into that mango. I would say this is a nine. Who? That's way high. I'm Who? giving it a ten. Oh, I, I was. Oh, wait, how, how are you going to say I'm high and then you give it a ten, which is even higher? Well, for you, that's that's high. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, you're kind of you're kind of uh, you know you're kind of a little bit uh, shishi with your with your ratings of the bourbons and the beers, but this is as good a shot. I mean, we've had some pretty amazing shots. Yeah, I mean, it's, it it's, would also be in the ten category, but that was yeah. I mean, what I like about it is its simplicity. I mean, there's not much to it. It's basically the mango uh, nectar with the vodka, but then that extra spice. And Ben just licked off the whole rim right there, which you know I wouldn't you know recommend. I mean, that's I would, not, okay. <laughs> but it's 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 like not 
overpowering, but it's just enough spice to give a nice little kick right at the end. I'll tell you what to do, folks. You take the shot. You lick the tahini with the Cholula completely around the glass that's with your what, tongue. That's exactly what you do. And did. then you yeah. take the mango and you suck out what uh, what you can of the mango. Leave the skin behind. Ten. That mm-hmm. was amazing. That was a good one. That was a good one. I mean, maybe it's the tahini and the Cholula, which I'm really so. like, liking you with like, shots. You like the spicy shots, Ben. I've noticed that you like a little bit of spice to your shot. Uh, but this one, very good for the summer. If you want to whip something up really quick for your friends, if you're having a get-together, a socially distanced get-together, this is a very good shot. And it's very simple. And I found it on Tipsy Bartender. The I don't know who runs the site. The dude that's on there on the videos. Uh, He's a hardworking dude. Awesome job, not with just the shots, but he has multiple cocktails. It sounds like he's somewhere from the islands from the Caribbean somewhere. Uh, Seems like a great personality, a great dude, Uh, but he put some great, amazing shots together. Hell yeah, we'll give him one of these. You know, that's every podcast the does worst. it. I know, I know. We don't do it very that's, often. That's like the corniest sound yeah. effect they can ever play, but I love it. But when I you love give that. when you we don't give a ten very often, and that deserves yeah. a ten. You got a ten, I got a nine. I mean I I I prefer a little more sweetness to my shot. Uh but I've noticed, Ben, that you like that spice. Yeah, I mean licking that tahini off the glass <laughs> with the Cholula. Yeah. With the sweetness and the pulpiness of the mango at the end, that's oh. about as good as it gets. I could drink those until you have to carry me back to the room. Well, I could whip up. They're easy. Yeah, I could whip, 10 I could whip more up of them. more. Yeah. Just I'm not going to carry you, though. Yeah. That is a vacation shot. That is that, something that you, if you go is. to Vegas, when Vegas is open. Well, when, <laughs> no, Vegas, is is, open. when Vegas is really open, uh, when you can do whatever you want like you used to, take yeah. a bottle of vodka, a, t- bottle of, you know, a bottle of mango nectar, a uh, nice shaker of yeah. tahini with some Cholula. This would be a good Make cocktail. Make 10 of these. This would be a good cocktail. I mean, you can yeah. sip on this yeah. with, uh, you know, like in a martini glass or something, and you put that Cholula and uh, tahini around the rim. If you want to lick it every once in a while, you get that 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 sort of spiciness. Um, this is a great shot, but also you could create a nice cocktail from the ingredients. Yeah, I might just start carrying tahini around with me. Actually, a I little Cholula in my... I might get a European hey, you man get, like, bag. You get those little packets, like you know, they have the ketchup yeah. packets, but a little bit of ch- Cholula. Like they have, the, they have, like Tabasco has that, like those little packets that they have. Be like, ooh, that's a Coke. Okay, let me put a little Cholula, <laughs> with a little tahini around the rim there. Okay, that, now it's better. Now it's better. All right, Franny. All right, I got a ten. You got a nine. What is next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beverage of the week, our brown of the week. Every week, we do try a different beverage, either a cognac or a uh, scotch or a bourbon or a rye, you know, anything that has been aged in a barrel, we try it and we give you our honest review. Um, We are not sponsored. These are all things that we find on the shelves in our local liquor establishments. Absolutely. And what are we drinking this week? Uh, Tonight, Ben, we have the Bullet Bourbon Aged 10 Years Frontier Whiskey Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Yeah, this is from Bullet Frontier Whiskey down in Kentucky. In 1987, Thomas E. Bullet Jr. fulfilled a lifelong dream of reviving an old family bourbon recipe by starting the Bullet Distilling Company. Inspired by his great-great-grandfather, Augustus Bullet, who made a high rye whiskey between 1830 and 1860, 
Tom left a successful law practice and risked everything to experience life on the frontier. Today, we're not only we're, we we're not the only ones who are glad that he did. Uh, they have a pretty good variety of uh, whiskeys, uh, as far as I know. They've got the, bur- the regular bourbon that you'll see. Just about everywhere, they've got a rye, they've got the bullet 10-year that we're about to taste, they've got the bullet barrel strength, and they got the bullet blenders select. Uh, so tonight, we are going to try the 10-year. It's aged in charred American white oak, one of the best barrels available. Select bullet bourbon barrels were set aside to age for 10 years. The bourbon barrels themselves were set aside to age for 10 years. The result is a special expression of bullet that provides a rich, deep, incredibly smooth sipping experience. Interesting. That's won (laughs) several awards. San Francisco World Spirits Competition 2015, 14, and 13 gold medal. The Beverage Tasting Institute 2013 uh, 92 gold medal, ex- or 1992, also gold medal, exceptional, uh, ultimate spirits challenge, 2015. Oh, sorry, the score was 92. Uh, 2015 score 94, excellent, highly recommend. 2014 and 13, also excellent, highly recommend. The 10 year tasting notes are deep, russet in color, rich, oaky aromas, consistently smooth taste with vanilla. Dried fruit and a long smoky finish. 91.2 proof, 45% alcohol by volume. So, right in at a little mm-hmm. bit higher than normal bourbon, yeah, I'd say. We're on there. 68% corn, 28% rye, and 4% malted barley. So, you're going to get a little bit of spice, but not too much. I'd be really interested to give this a taste, Fry. Yeah. Well, it's. Uh... He said, yeah. Yeah, let's see what kind of sounds, aromas are coming from this like, glass. Sounds like an 80s movie. Yeah. <laughs> Is it really? Is yeah. that how 80s movies sounded like to you, Ben? <laughs> well, there was, that, there was that sound effect. Yeah. I don't remember that. Uh, but I also wasn't around in the 80s as long as you were. <laughs> You're barely born. Well, cheers to you, Ben. Let's give this, uh, well... Let's 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 nuzzle this thing and and, and see what kind of I aromas. love the aroma on this thing. Definitely get the oakiness. I'm getting a lot of the oh, oakiness, yeah. a sweetness, sweetness to it. A nice, a def- a deep sweet though, a deep yeah, sweetness. Yeah, but it's also a nice creaminess that you're getting through the nostrils. Yeah. Which I mean, is pretty interesting. When I first smelled this, I thought, wow, that's, I'm getting, I feel like I could almost taste it through my nose. You know, because something that is, you know, 91.2 proof. It's not knocking you in the back of the, you know, the nose. I mean, it's just like. But it's got something in there. I mean, it's, it's got it's a little in there. spice I mean, in there. You get a little spice, but I mean, you could stick your nose right in there. And I mean, it's the, not deep, the deepness overly, of it. It's not too strong, you know? I'm You're just shocked by that, how deep it is. Yeah. Not getting that sort of spiritiness that some of the other ones have had where, you know, you can sniff it from a distance, but don't get too close. This one, you can get a little closer. Please sniff me from a distance. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, wow. I mean, I do get a little bit of vanilla on the nose, the fruit, mm-hmm. for sure. I'm getting the fruitiness. The, the, the sweetness. There's a lot of sweet notes coming from it. I don't know if it's fruity. It's just, it, it, it's almost sugary. It's complex. I mean, it's yeah. so complex and deep, though, on the nose. I'm shocked at how interesting it is on the nose. Very rare. All right, now let's give us a sip. Let's do it.
Oh, it's got yeah. a kick. Got a good kick. Ooh, yeah. got a nice kick for a bourbon. But a nice spicy. Yeah, nice spicy kick. kick. It's like a ton of spice. Not a ton. I'd say the right amount of spice. Maybe just a little pinch over the right amount of spice. I get the vanilla. I get the fruit cake. I'm getting it. I'm not. Ooh, there's the smoky finish. <laughs> it just it, it, you had to wait a minute, but there it is. It came at the end there. It waited just a second. The smoky finish is there at the end. Oh, and it's long too. Wow, I'm, I'm still tasting it. Whatever that's whatever it's been thirty seconds since my initial sip. It's not woody. It doesn't have a a, a, a woody flavor to it. An oaky flavor really. to it. No, you get a nice sweetness. That white oak that doesn't, it doesn't give you that woody like that taste. that um like red apple like sort of sweetness from it. Uh, but the nice spice on the back of the throat with a little bit of that kick too, which 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 is nice, and you, it's so, it's something that you would expect from something that is ninety one point two percent. So the spices for a bourbon, mm-hmm. yeah, the complex spicy finish, smoky finish is really nice. I'm shocked. I mean, I, I heard bullet and I thought, well, okay, here you go. Here's a mass produced bullet. Yeah, but I mean, uh, that's why but this is not. What, that's why this is not what though. I expected. I mean, it's mass produced, obviously, but I mean, it's not the same, you know, I mean, for the price of this, which is about $40, it's close to $40, somewhere on there. Uh, for this smaller bottle, you can get like a 1.75 liter of the other regular sort yeah, of the regular bullet bullet bourbon. When I you mean, see you at the a bar large, at the hotel, at yeah, the exactly. casino, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I've never tried that one before, so I can't really I've judge this. I had it in Vegas because yeah. every bar has it. That's I just can't really judge it against that because I've never tried it before. But, I mean, just this bourbon is – it's nice. I mean, it is complex. I mean, there's a lot of flavors there. The aromas are nice. Um, it's it's very sippable. Um, it's definitely not like the, the dickle. <laughs> George Dickel, <laughs> which was disgusting. Um, I mean, it's it's not as good as some of the other ones that we've tried. I would say, but for a mass-produced ten-year bourbon, it is a solid offering. Mm. That's good. It's very it's interesting. Good. Huh. <laughs> Well, I'm just not sure. Ben, you're so I'm, deep in thought right well, I'm now. Not used huh. to the, I'm not used to the... Wow. I'm not used to the beautiful, <laughs> spicy, smoky finish on a bourbon. On a rye, yes. But on a yeah, bourbon... Actually, there's That's why lot. when I saw 28% rye, I thought, well, maybe we'll get a little bit of spice on this yeah, one. But there's... Yeah, like you said, like you just mentioned, Ben. Uh, there is definitely more spice than I would expect... For any other bourbon, I mean, there, there, there's uh, almost rye-ish in spice because it finishes like it coats the back of your throat with that spice. Yeah, that, that's that's there. Yeah, the we music. forgot our, we a, forgot uh, a little bit of our dang. bourbon music there. We got to get a little bit of that in there. We're gonna have to edit that out or edit it in. No, well, because that's what I that's what this is sort of the music that I expect to be playing. It's a little loud. Is it loud to you? It's loud to me. Oh, it's definitely loud. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, post. So we just have to speak over it. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, "Fuck you! Why'd you put that on so late?" I didn't even think about it. I, I mean, I, I know when we do the scotches, we have you know the, the Scottish music, the Scottish music playing in the background, the bagpipes, and that sort of thing. We need uh, a, an eighteen-year-old kid sitting over yeah, here yeah, as yeah, our production yeah, assistant. Yeah. You just point, and then they know exactly. Hey, what Kyler, to play. <laughs> how are we doing with that? You know, you know what the music you're supposed to play now, right? Yeah, okay, right, play right. that. 
Let's get off of Instagram. Damn yeah, it. Exactly. Stop. Stop sending dick pics <laughs> to your girl there. But um it's Thank good. God I didn't grow up back then. Yeah, I know, right? Or, or now. <laughs> Thank God I'm not that age now. Because that would be. Are you, are you saying that'd be a big thing with you, Ben? Yeah, I'm not. I don't know, uh, but I, I'm, uh, glad, I'm glad there's no history I, I, of me doing I, I, that. Yeah, well, that's not. That may, maybe like on uh, Netscape. I'm, not, I'm no Brett Favre. Netscape. You know, dick emails. <laughs> dick emails. <laughs> yeah. Your dick pic is downloading. Yeah. Please wait Here, 14 minutes. 14 let me, minutes. Let me, let me draw this for the pigeon. Here, well, the here. pictures would sort of like open up like slowly. And it was just. <laughs> And the woman or somebody's watching, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like, okay, all right. I'm, it's coming. All right. It's coming. All right. With the, all right. Looks uh, good so far. Looks good. Oh, that's disappointing. Where's my magnifying glass? <laughs> that's disappointing. <laughs> it's, I waited all this time for the dial up and everything to see this. Um, mm. But I mean, it's a solid. It's, a, it's definitely a solid offering, but it's I have to definitely I have to try their regular bourbon and their regular rye. Um, which are, you know, it's nothing spectacular. Yeah. It, well, I'll give it a shot. I mean, co- to compare it to this though. I mean, but I, I can compare this to other bourbons that I've tried and in our thirst and goal rating of bourbons that we have tried in the past, especially with like, what was that most recent one? Uh, that Charles Goodnight, that Charles Goodnight bourbon was, yeah, that was very good. good. That was pretty good. Um, this one, I would say it's about, it's a seven. It's a seven for me. What about you, Ben? Ooh, I mean, we've had some pretty good bourbons along the way. Um, I like the spice. I like the complexity on the nose. Uh, I think it's the whole package. Mm-hmm. It's got the nose. It's got a beautiful finish. In fact, I still taste it, and I haven't. I haven't taken a sip for you know about ninety seconds. It's it's got a nice complexity to it. I think. I, I think know, I'd give it, it. I think I'd give it an eight. Yeah, I mean the more you for drink the money it, for sure. When I first eight. you know sipped on it, I was like, yeah, there's some complex complexity there, but it, you know you keep on coming back for more, and it's like the same flavor over and over again. There's no, no there's no flavors there that you're thinking about. Like, what am I tasting here? What am I tasting there? It's basically, you know, you get the the sweetness, almost like a red apple sort of you know sweetness from it with that little bit of spicy finish. So it's very consistent in its flavor, um, and it's very sippable. You know, for I mean, the price range for something that's aged ten years, that's you know. It, impressive nice um, cold night this would it's, be it's, yeah ideal. I, I think maybe slightly chilled it might be a little better than it is At right ski now ski lodge yeah. this would be perfect mm-hmm. sitting outside in the winter on the east coast on the deck when it's about 27 degrees out nice parka nice jacket <laughs> I haven't Sip, ex- sipping on. Yeah, I haven't experienced, you haven't experienced that. It, yeah. I don't like cold weather. You don't know if you like. Like it. right now, it's seventy two. I'm like, it's kind of chilly. You don't know whether you like cold. Yeah. because you've I, never I lived in it, so you don't. I mean, know. when it gets cold here in the winter, I'm like, I hate this. Well, yeah, because now no one's prepared for it out here, so you don't yeah. have the right material. You don't have the right jacket. You don't have the right garments. Yeah, I know. But if you live back east, like you have you're, the right yeah. garments. Yeah, I mean, you're wearing a, a tank right now, and I'm like, it's kind of chilly. But this is like chilly. It's you're wearing a tank top. This is not tank top weather. Uh, well, you know, I got. You know, I mean, you got, I got your, a little bit more muscle now, now to keep yeah, me yeah, warmer you're, you're than yeah, before. I know. I know. Before yeah. you would have been like, you know, putting on a sweater, but now and the mosquitoes biting guns, me. You know, it's keeping me a little bit warm. They're yeah. sucking. You know, I'm reproducing my blood right now, so I'm, I'm trying to keep myself generated. Uh, but yeah, I'd give it an eight because it, it's got because mm-hmm. I it's, it's got that spice. Rating. It's yeah. got that spice on the end, Almost like rye, yeah. and a beautiful nose. Mm-hmm. So it's got enough of all three: nose, flavor, finish for me to give it an eight. Mm-hmm. So you're at a seven still? Yeah. I'm going to take another drink. All right. Take another sip there, Ben. Mm. I mean, it's got that deep richness, too, with the, on the on the mouth. 
It's got a nice thickness on the mouth. I mean, other than the the extra spice that it has on the finish, it's, you know, it's what a bourbon should taste like. Okay. <laughs> so, here's a seven for you. You're exactly what I expect yeah, I mean, from you. Above average. You're, you're, above you're, average. Only because I do, I do, you know, prefer a little more spice on the finish. But nothing, nothing like spectacular. Nothing's pushed me into the eight, nine, ten range with this one. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, okay. I'm a little disappointed. But all right. <laughs> all right. So why Friday, would you be disappointed? Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty good. I, I think it's good. I mean, we finally is... have a mild disagreement about this. Yeah. One. All right. Next up, we wanted to just run through. We've done this before with the top ten. I think a top ten rise under fifty bucks. We have uh, a list from Liquor.com, the best bourbons for less than $50 because we're trying a bourbon tonight. Uh, they don't rank them, you know, 10 to 1, which is, you know, I know everyone loves their top 10 list. But, you know, we have about the top, you know, 10 or 12 bourbons under 50 bucks, And I just wanted to hear Frane's thoughts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on this. Coming in first is the Balconis Texas Pot Still Bourbon, which we have tried. Have we tried this one? I know um, we tried one of the other bourbons. I'm not sure if it's... We this, did. We tried the Red Label. One, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't I've, know where I've, it is, but we tried it. I've, so far, from Balconis, I've, I've loved all of their offerings. I mean, the, the corn uh, whiskeys that we've tried have also been very good. The rye, uh, I think it was the 100 Proof rye, was also... The Baby Blue? Very good. The, yeah, the, the, yeah. I mean, both blues that we did try um, have been very good. I mean, whatever Balconis is doing... They're doing it right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we did. Yeah, the pot still. Yeah, we did this. Uh, next up, Eagle Rare yeah. Ten Year. I know we've, single we've, barrel, which we have tried as well multiple times. Uh, this is actually a really good bourbon. You agree with this one? I do. Very good. Next up, uh, we haven't tried this one. This is the That's Early Times Bottled in Bond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this ain't ET. We drank in college. The Early Times. This juice tastes like a higher proof Woodford for less cost. A higher steel. A total steal for thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We I may mean, have yeah, to try that. We'll have to try that one. Elijah Craig oh, small yeah. batch. Yeah, I think the Elijah Craig for the price range. This is about twenty bucks. It is probably the best bourbon that you could get for twenty bucks. You think so? For twenty bucks? Heck yeah! Twenty bucks? Yeah! 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 <laughs> Next up, Evan Williams Single Barrel. Uh, we haven't tried this one. I haven't tried that one. Haven't tried that one. I'm not a big fan of their, uh, what was it, their uh, apple? Oh, the peach, uh, the, the, the or, peach the peach or whatever yeah, it was. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, I mean, I, I've never been a big fan of Evan Williams, but you know, maybe we could try this one in the future. Next up, Four Roses Single yeah. Barrel, which I never, I've seen it, but I've I never it. thought to I've actually it. buy it's, it. It's good. 50 bucks on wine.com. Yeah. That's up there, right? For. Yeah, I think you get it. I think you could probably get it for a little bit less at Total Wine. And next up, the Four Roses Small Batch. Oh, maybe it was a Small Batch. I can't remember which one I tried, but I tried one of them. It was okay. Next up, Legend. Oh, my God. Legion is terrible. Oh, Legion? Legion is shit. Really? <laughs> it's really bad. I'm not sure why it's, it's on Jim this Beam. list. Jim Beam? Oh, because it's a, co- uh, no, no, it's no, a collaboration no. between it Jim is, Beam. It is, like, harsh. It is as a harsh really? finish. I've tried this. It is not good at all. I'm not sure why it's on this list. Whoever wrote this risk, I mean, they don't know what the hell they're talking about if they think this is good. 
It's a bourbon with a subtle elegance of Japanese whiskey. No, it has no elegance whatsoever. All right. It's bad. Franny has spoken. That's a terrible, terrible whiskey. For anybody out there, do not buy Legion. Don't waste your money on Legion. All right. Next up, Michter's US 1 Sour Mash. Um, We love the Michter's. It was the rye. The rye we, we tried yeah. the rye. I don't think we've tried this one before, but I would expect it to be good because the rye was excellent. Yeah, next up, Old Forester 1870. I'm not sure if we haven't, I don't know if we tried this one. I, I think we, I know we tried the 1920, the Prohibition. Yeah. Um, we had a, two of them. We had a rye. We I had a rye. It, I'm not sure if it was this one. I can't remember if it was. Uh, but I mean, we were happy with the offerings that we did try. So I would expect this one to be pretty good. Next up, Old Forester 86 proof. I think, well, we definitely tried one of these two. Well, yeah, one of them. Uh, but the, the 86 proof is another high rye bourbon, so we probably liked it. Oh, here we go. The Russell Reserve. Oh, we tried that Pen. one. We tried that one. That's on the list. We, were we both did try that ha- one. We were both happy with this one. And, uh, you know, I'd say it's, it's it has similarities to the the bullet bourbon that we tried tonight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Next up, the 1792 mm. full proof. It's okay. Have you had it? Yeah, it's not. That, it's okay. Well, remember, these are under 50 bucks. Yeah, I know, so. I know. But, you know, for how much is that one? It doesn't show the price. But, no. you know, if it's around $40, I would go with a scotch for you yeah. know, within a similar price range. Next up, the St. George Breaking and Entering. No, Super fine and balanced. I haven't tried that one. I don't think I've ever seen it. To give it a uh, shot. 40 bucks, 39 bucks. Mm-hmm. Next up, two bar. Looks like something, some kind of new. Looks like something a, a music performer <laughs> produced with a label. Never heard of it. Yeah, nope. Oh, here you go, Wild Turkey One Hundred One. I've I have not tried it, but I've heard good things about it. Really? Yeah. Because I'd be skeptical. Of something I would also from a be giant very skeptical. Distillery like this. I hear that it has a lot of kick. You know, it it has that that sort of harshness. I mean, if you like that sort of kick at the back of your throat, maybe you might like this. I've never tried it, but maybe something we can try in the future. Heavily charred, bar- charred barrels and a he- high rye mash bill. Hmm. Huh. I like it. Uh, next up, Michter's US 1. Mm. It's a perfectly balanced bourbon with peppery aftertaste. Ooh, that might be good. Yeah, maybe maybe we should try that for our next bourbon. When we do a bourbon next? Yeah, Michter's, that Michter's US bourbon, yeah. 1. And that's it. That's it. That's, that's it on that. the all list. Right. I think it's about 10 or 12 wow. of them. Uh, right. But these are all, you know, under 50. Uh, they probably have to get paid. So there's yeah. probably <laughs> a reason that, that some of these are on here. Yeah. You know, some maybe the ones that Front A like didn't, didn't like. Oh, my God. You know, maybe they have a relationship. Maybe. With liquor.com. Yeah. Uh, but there's some good ones on here. I mean, I'd like to go through our old Forester uh, bottles in there and see which one, whether we tried the 86 proof or whether we tried the 1870. I think we tried, I think it might have been the 1870. Yeah, I think the 1870 before the 86 proof, I think, you know, but whichever one it was. I mean, all so far, all the old foresters that we've had have been. Yeah, good. especially that rye. I mean, Sonia reorganized our bottles. I mm-hmm. would love to, to drink that. Uh, the old forester, the, I think it was a, it was almost 100 proof, the mm-hmm. rye. Can never find it after the show. Uh, uh, I know it's in there somewhere. I'll find it, Ben. I'll find it tonight. All right. You know, for your post, uh, post-production. Production. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beer of the night. All right. Hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back Grab with that. our beer of the night.
Hi, and we are back with our beer of the night. And tonight it is a local beer, Ben. Last week we tried that terrible beer. I think it was that, that Turkish beer, right? Yeah. That was pretty terrible. We've been complaining that the beers don't have enough hop the last couple of weeks. But this one I expect to have plenty of hop. It's an IPA. It's more within uh, our ballpark right here. Yes, this is the beautiful Claremont. I think the name of the company is the Claremont Craft Ales out in Claremont, California. And we'll be tasting the Claremont IPA. Mm -hmm. It's the reincarnation of their original West Coast IPA single dude. Oh, they called it the single dude. Oh, bro. Bro. Oh, bro. Every time we talk about IPAs, bro. Oh, bro. Just... 6.7%, man. Oh, man. Seems low, dude. Oh, yeah. It's clean and crisp from the simple all Pilsner malt bill. And it's exploding with grapefruit and tropical notes from the Citra and Equinot hops. After years of refinement, this IPA finally deserves to share its name with the brewery. It had an honorable mention at the Los Angeles International Beer Competition in 2016. Huh. Uh, this company has some really interesting offerings. A, a lot of offerings. Yeah. I mean, they have a Jacaranda IPA. They've got a Pepper and Peaches IPA. They've got a 35 Miles Northeast, uh, northeast Hazy IPA, a Grapefruit Double. Ooh. A grapefruit Double IPA. A raspberry. That was actually on the shelf. I was was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was I, I I was sort of debating which one I was gonna grab off the shelf, but eight point eight percent ABV. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit higher. Uh, they've got a Station One Hundred One IPA. They've got a Baseline Double IPA, and here we are with the Claremont IPA. They also have a Norman Cream Ale. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> it's got a green. I don't know why Cream Ales always have a green label. They've got a Carlisle Pale Ale, a Buddy. Black Rye, I ooh, a Black Rye IPA. This hmm. looks like an interesting company. A Happy Days Imperial Red Ale. All right, uh, but we're trying the Claremont IPA. Uh, so, what do you think about the nose on this one, Fry? Oh yeah, there's the hop right there, Ben. Oh dude. Oh man. Dude, 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 bro, dude, bro, bro, bro. Single so, dude. This is a longboard. Quote IPA unquote, right here. single dude. I need to get me a windy road and a longboard. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. They got like about high school girls. <laughs> what do you like about high school no, girls, no, Ben? No matter how old I get, they stay the same age. Yeah, but this IPA, it's a very young one. Oh, it smells fresh. Yeah, it smells nice. Mm. It's got a nice like citrus nose. Citru I, was, I was about to say the same thing, so citrusy. Uh, but not overwhelming, not like a Rattler or something like that. Very nice. Ooh, it's, but it smells so, nice, nice so hop. And the fresh. color. The color oh, is it's got that nice, cloudy, and golden color. Yeah, it's not too yellow. Haze, haze to it. And also, uh, the head was one of those, like, creamy heads. It was a nice little sort of white, creamy head on bro, the beer. Oh, bro. Keep your creamy head over <laughs> there, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. So I was wondering where you, where you would go with that one. <laughs> But it did. I mean, it seriously did have that nice the foamy. Head was so creamy. Nice man. foamy, creamy looking head on it. Right now, it's sort of you know dissipated, but it had a nice sort of head. I just waited for the head. It was so creamy. I didn't even want the beard, dude. Yeah, I just right. wanted that creamy head. Yeah. 
from you know some head from Stacy's mom, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> in, La- uh-huh. in Laguna, dude. Yeah, Laguna. <laughs> Claremont's kind of far from Laguna, though. Yeah, bro. yeah it's a little bit of a drive. It's like the Laguna of the Inland Empire. Uh, I think we've annoyed All everybody. Right. Everybody's annoyed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we thought it was pretty funny, but everybody else didn't think so. I'm sure. Oh, but man, that smells good. Wow. Except for Stacy's mom, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. She gets good. older just like me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. It's not as hoppy as I would have expected, but I it's know. got a nice citrus taste to it. Has a little bit of a sourness. Yeah, it does. Too. I mean, it's I mean, got it an interesting little... It's got a, got a ping. Sour, but also, if you let it sit there, some pininess to it. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It just got a little it's a bit nice of... little pine. I'm surprised that this didn't win, you know, other awards. I mean, because this is actually a very good yeah. IPA. It's like it's a zing, like very solid. Uh, it lingers a little bit more than I like it to. Um, I like when you taste a beer. Oh, uh, here we I go. Know, here I know, we go. but I like when you taste. Go away it and just leave my mouth. <laughs> go away until I take the next sip. But this one, I taste you when I want to taste you. Lingers at the back of the throat a little bit longer than I'd like. But the flavors are nice. The flavors are there. Oh, wow. you can sip you on this expect. thing all day. Not yeah. at maybe well, know, I mean seven percent ABV. Yeah, but you can sip quite a few. But um, it's nice though. I mean, it, I mean, it's, this is a it's a solid, really solid IPA. summer there's IPA. There's been a couple of IPAs that we've had that were a little too dry. This one has more crispness to it. It's a little more wet. Um. But it's 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 a good offering. I mean, I'd be interested in trying some of their other offerings that they have because it seems like that grapefruit one, like you were saying, Ben, like you mentioned. I mean, it's always nice to get that little bit of grapefruit yeah, especially finish in the summer. on the finish, and um, you know, maybe it's something we can try in the next uh, few weeks. I mean, I don't want to go back to back. Uh, maybe we could go back to back, like we do with the Allagash. Yeah, Einstock. We, 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 we did a bunch. We did the Einstocks. Uh, even we even with um, the Compass Box two weeks in a row. We did two Compass yep. Box off Compass uh, Box offerings, and uh, those were both excellent. And this is a very good IPA. Maybe the grapefruit next week. I mean, this is this is nice. I mean, look at that creamy head. See it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get my tongue into that. See how see how it is. Is it? <laughs> oh man. Uh, if only we could get a picture for uh, Twitter, Instagram. Oh, it's got a nice bitterness to the head. Yeah. But it has the bitterness. It has the, the pine. It has that citrus. And now that it's just sort of lingering there at the back of my throat, just a little bit of dryness, but not overly. Yeah, it's got that pine. Uh, I can't remember that pine beer we had from Bavaria or mm, Austria. The... Or is that the same country? No, no. <laughs> Bavaria is in Germany. Uh, there you go. See? <laughs> there you go. My geography buff over here. Yeah, well, I mean, you're... Uh... He says buff. You mean I know what countries are which? <laughs> <laughs> I hardly call yeah. that a buff. Oh, BMW is the Bavarian... <laughs> yeah, Bavarian motor. motor. So it's so... an area of Germany. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I, but I think the beer was either from the Bavaria region Rot, of Rot, Germany. Rot House. The Rot House. Uh, I think it was the Rot House. Or from uh, Austria. Yeah. Rot House. Rot, Rot House. Rot House? Rot House. Yeah. That's like Northern Ireland. But that one had a nice pininess. This one has actually a bit more pininess uh, to it. Um, but Ben, where would you rate this? I mean, because there's also a little bit of crispness at the finish. And then if you let oh, it linger... Yeah. A little gets a little dry at the at the end, but I like it. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the, the one from from Bavaria was, but that was more. It, that was a pilsner. It was a pilsner, was a pilsner but pilsner, it had so the pine. So this is this is that as an IPA. I would say Almost. so. Yeah, that's 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 that. Yeah, the good that's sort of how of I. Yeah, it's got the bitterness, the hoppiness. Mm-hmm. 
This is a really yeah. good. I mean, I don't mind a long aftertaste personally. Yeah, I do. Because um, it reminds me of Heineken. Like Heineken has that long. Yeah, aftertaste but it has a that nasty after a aftertaste. It doesn't have a no, good aftertaste. It just stays there for a while. It's like, all right, go away. Yeah, it's like it's like this 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 filet mignon is really good. I just don't want to taste it after I swallow it. You know, but if it's if it's something that's good, you want to taste it a little longer. I don't eat a lot of filet mignon. Making it. Well, well, yeah. I don't think Croatians eat a lot of yeah, uh, meat that mignon. is pink in the middle. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> we, we like our meat well done. With like little spice seared ah hey what's seared <laughs> you mean you don't cook it all the way through <laughs> I don't like bloody meat I mean I don't like uh, I mean if I wanted bloody meat I would bite into a cow but well, I mean you, you know just, I want I want it a little bit cook you, it. It. you know it's like if you've been like you're the type of guy that's like why cook that hamburger until it's dark in the middle it's got to be pink and bloody it's like Ben no a little bit <laughs> no. pink in the middle yeah no 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 yes that's dangerous as long as the temperature is I don't is care. 170 yeah, but the thing in the middle is, I check the temperature you don't. You're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. by feel, whatever. I mean, it tastes a little bloody, whatever. It's good, you know. Well, hamburger, I don't mess around with, but yeah. a, but a fillet, you have yeah, to, yeah. it has to be a little I mean, pink or uh, like ahi tuna. You just sear it, just, it on the outside. It's for, a little too fleshy for me. It's just, it's I can't eat. It's like it might as well moo at me. Well, that's true. But yeah. you've never have you ever had seared ahi, a tuna? It doesn't I, taste like fish. At I all. don't like seafood in general. It's, it, you would like this. I mean, I, I didn't think I would either when I first had it, a, uh-huh. you know, whatever, uh, 18 years ago, whatever it was. Uh-huh. I, I mean, it's really, really good. It doesn't taste like fish all right, at well, all. Maybe, maybe we should get some ahi tuna. I'll, I'll sear it right here we'll, on the grill we'll for see, you. We'll, we'll, yes. We'll see how, how I like it. <laughs> yeah. I highly doubt that I like it more than any other seafood that I've ever tried in my life, which I hate. But you would like it with your eyes closed. With your eyes closed and not knowing what it is, you would like it. If you know what it is and you're staring at it, you, you know, you're probably not going to like it as much. Yeah. Oh. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> I, you're going to, you're going to know what it is and you're going to like, it's going to be in your mind. Don't tell me. You know, if I, if I ever come over here for like a barbecue in the near future, I mean, I don't come here that often for barbecues. I come here mostly for podcasting and brewing beers. In other words, Ben doesn't barbecue that much for me. That's yeah, the ben. translation there. <laughs> you don't barbecue enough. For I me. don't barbecue enough. I make no, nobody likes what I barbecue: hamburgers well, that are raw and uh, chicken legs. Well, chicken you don't want to fuck around with. Um, yeah, but just like cook something up one day, a little ahi, a little ahi. Don't tell me what it is, but I'll probably just just from the smell of it, I'll know that it's probably seafood. Oh, it's not I'm, really I'm, seafood. I'm, I'm very fish. sensitive. I'm very sensitive to to anything from the sea. I know. All of your parents should be ashamed. <laughs> they all eat all of that, and none of the kids eat I any know, of it. I know. And and from the Dalmatian coast of Croatia, where seafood is so huge. Chicken wonder, breast, they wonder hamburgers. If, if if maybe like they took the wrong kid out of the, <laughs> the hospital that day. I know, because you guys all eat like chicken breast. I love chicken breast. And uh, you know, hamburgers occasionally. No, not not even really pork chops unless they're thin cut and cooked to death. It's got to be pork chops. Um, thin cut. I like thick pork chops. You know, you don't like thick, you don't like anything with a bone in. You know, no. you don't eat any oysters, I mean, I, clams, well, fish. Why have bone? I mean, if you can have straight meat, that's what the flavor a, is. Because that's bone? what the flavor that's is. What everybody says there's there's flavor, but there's no flavor. That's nothing but flavor. You ever had a short rib? Like it's, a beautiful braised short rib with a right. bone. Oh my god! I like the meaty portion is nice, but I mean, once you get close to the bone, what am I a savage? Am I supposed to grab, like, bite into this bone? I'm not a. Uh, 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 you like ribs, right? Yeah, I mean, ribs are good. Yeah. yeah. So, so the secret is cook it, take the meat off the bone, and then serve yeah, it. But to I'm you. not a Neander. That's how. That's I'm how. You'll, that's how. Neanderthal, Ben. I can't. I don't like to bite into a bone. Oh that's, that's, Lord that's in heaven. 
You know, I, I want something that I could just, you know, you know, cut into and eat. You're without... not moving to a commune anytime soon. <laughs> but the beer, Ben, where would you rate this beer after going way off topic on the meats that I prefer? Well, that's, that's a very small <laughs> scope of meats that you prefer. Yes. Uh, very, very small. It's very, it's like a three foot section at Costco. Um, I would give it, I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, you know what? I'm also going to give this an eight because I expected so much less because there are so many different offerings. I expected so much less. <laughs> I know less. I did. I did because like when you go to when you go to Total Wine, I mean they have a huge beer section. There's so many beers to choose Starts from. Every date that I've ever and, had. And all of them have well not all of them, but a, a lot of them do have a rating to them. You know, this one had no rating whatsoever. And the beers that I've chosen in the past that have had no rating, they haven't been that great. But this one actually deserves to have a rating from wherever they get the ratings from. This is a very good IPA. I agree. I agree. It's it's fruity. It's it's citrusy. It's got a little pine note. It's got great head. It's got great. I I love the aftertaste. The like the finish. Stacey's mom, bro. Oh yeah, man. Oh, yeah. After she divorced if her husband, you want man. To destroy myself. Oh, that. that Every time I hear it, it's like Weezer. That Mercedes, right. man. It was so. GL. Nice. She got a G wagon, oh, yeah. bro. G wagon, right in the back of the G wagon. Oh, it's huge back yeah. there. Yeah, you could you could raise a family back Not there. Not sure why it's worth one hundred fifty thousand dollars, but bro, because bro, her husband paid for it, bro. Uh, I guess. His name is Zach, right? Zach from Laguna. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was like a stockbroker, but yeah. he got arrested. Yeah, I think so. For insider trading. Uh, typical. Uh, typical. Typical behavior. Yeah, I think he moved to San Diego, dude, because <laughs> it was cheaper to live down there after he got out of prison. Yeah. But she kept a GL in the house. Oh, yeah, G-Wagon, bro. Yeah, garage is bigger than my apartment. It's nice matte black wrap on there. <laughs> matte black wrap. <laughs> I... That, I mean, G-Wagons, if they're going to look good in any, you know, sort of, I mean, it, it looks like a box on wheels. If it's going to look good, I mean, you have to do things to it. I mean, you know, a nice black matte finish on the paint job. But it's, it's nice. Yeah, I remember the first date. I, I used to go on a lot of blind dates when I first moved out here mm-hmm. from New York. And I went on a date with a woman from Laguna. Uh, and that was one of the things she said. She, she said on our date as we were eating at some uh-huh. ridiculous place in, in Laguna. Yeah. You know, do you know they sell more Mercedes in Laguna than anywhere else That's in the country? That's when I would walk out. I was like, I would walk out. I looked at her and I was like, like uh, excuse me, uh, man. Is I that, mean, that like, how, well, first of all, why do you know that? Yeah. You don't work in car sales. <laughs> like, how do you even know that? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's when you would just excuse yourself, go to the bathroom, and never come back. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like that's a that's a you know, you're like the worst Cliff Clavin ever. Like, you have no statistics that are that are interesting to me. There's a Mercedes on every corner out here. Yeah. So an eight and, and an, an eight, eight and an eight. Yeah. Our, our fans are like, beer, well, yeah. if you stay with us this long, you're yeah. used to this. Yeah. Uh, and if you've stayed we are with drinking us, through the whole podcast. Yeah. And so. if you've stayed with us this long, please send us an email at podcastthirstandgoal at gmail.com. We, we want we, we to, get to truly, the we get to the housekeeping. We, but yet, we truly want to know who you are that listened this deep into the podcast. We want to know your thoughts on the podcast and your uh, justification <laughs> for listening this deep into the show. We appreciate it. But we'd really like to know we want all who you are. We want yeah. all of our listeners. I mean, we we expect a lot of people to tune out after the NFL. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So if you're this deep to the shot, possibly the bourbon. But once you're this deep, 
then uh, yeah, we're we're really interested. And in, are we that interesting? I don't think so. I right? think we are. I, I, well, me and you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I've often, you know, you I, listen to the podcast because well, I don't even listen this deep into the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we've I've I've thought or we've thought in the past, you know, of separating the show out into the NFL portion and then the drinking portion. So you get a you know you get an hour of NFL news and you get an hour of uh, the you know the the bourbon review, the beer review, the shot of the week. I, and I thought, I wonder how that would work. Ben's life story. So, you know, give us your thoughts. If you listen to this deep, uh, podcast, Thurston Goal at gmail.com, please shoot us an email. All right. <laughs> All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our housekeeping to finish up the night. Oh, that's depressing. Long day today. Uh, brewed the beer, did the podcast, took the dog to the vet, took the dog to the vet. And she doesn't appear to be doing substantially better since leaving that expensive vet visit. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to our show since 2018. In the late 2018, we have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Please head over to our website at thirstygold.buzzbrow.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. You can check out our show notes for each episode. Get links to all of the stories that we cover for more information. And you can get links to the booze, the browns, the rise, the scotches, all of those that we review. You can get links to all the podcatchers in the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Pandora. We are on Pandora. Please, please, please. If you listen to music and podcasts on Pandora, please check us out on Pandora as well. Uh, please leave us a review. Smash down that rating button on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review as well as a, you know, just a small blurb about, about what, Franny? About how great we are? Exactly. <laughs> I, was, I was checking he, Instagram. He looked at me like, no, not right now. Uh, you can email us at podcastthirstagoal at gmail.com. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at the number you can find in the show notes. You can find us on my mediocre Twitter account, at Goal Thirst, and on Frane's amazing photography uh, Instagram and beautiful, beautiful you know, expressions of our podcast in writing as well at Thursday. And you can check out all the photos of the beers, the bourbons, the whiskeys, the scotches, as well as the shot. You're really of trying the to week. drag this out to two and a half hours. No, You're really trying not. your best. Definitely ben. not. Definitely not. All right. Friday, what's next about a big board? Uh, well, that's it, Ben. I mean, that's, right. that's, that's the night. That's the, uh, the podcast for the evening. And we appreciate all of our listeners out there to everybody that tunes in. If you stuck with us this long, we appreciate you even more. All right. Thank you all. And we'll see you next week.